It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, ten years since the 7-7 London bombings. Two men guilty after death of Buckinghamshire bodybuilder and Bedfordshire Cricket Club fed up with nuisance bikes. BBC Three Counties Radio. A service at St Paul's Cathedral is one of a series of events taking place today to mark 10 years since the London bombings. Four suicide bombers, including Jermaine Lindsay from Aylesbury, met at Luton Station before travelling to the capital and killing 52 people on three underground trains and a bus. More than 700 people were injured. Paralympian Martine Wright from Tring lost her legs in the attacks, having been sat close to one of the bombers on the circle line. After I woke up, after 10 days of being in a coma, I didn't really think of him. I wasn't, I wasn't angry. For me, I couldn't understand how someone could do such an awful thing. I still don't understand it. Two Buckinghamshire men have been convicted at the Old Bailey of conspiracy to produce and supply Class C steroids following the death of bodybuilder Sean Clitheroe in 2012. Mr Clitheroe died after taking the drug DNP at the Apollo gym in High Wycombe. It's an industrial chemical not suitable for human consumption. Peter Perkins from Hazelmere and Jason King from Great Missenden will be sentenced later this month. Greece's Prime Minister will set out how he plans to solve his country's debt crisis in a meeting with Eurozone leaders in Brussels today. France and Germany have called on him to come forward with serious proposals. Police are continuing to appeal for witnesses to yesterday morning's crash in Bedfordshire in which one person died and two others were seriously injured. The crash involving a van and a lorry happened at Chalton just after seven o'clock. A report published today is expected to show that a lack of competition between the big six energy firms cost consumers more than a billion pounds a year between 2009 and 2013. It's believed the Competition and Markets Authority will say households paid about £50 a year too much. Anne Robinson from USwitch says more people need to look for the best deals. This does not surprise me at all. And the reason why the companies have been able to get away with this for so long is that, you know, we haven't had an effective market. We haven't had real competition working. So a few of us have actually engaged in the market. So, you know, partly it's our own fault. Shops could open for longer on Sundays under plans to be set out by the Chancellor in tomorrow's budget. George Osborne will give elected mayors and councils the power to relax the laws locally. A cricket club in Houghton Regis say they're considering moving out of the town to escape nuisance motorbikes invading their pitch. The Houghton Chargers play at the Village Green but have had persistent problems with young people riding motorbikes across their pitch and outfield. In sport, Andy Murray is through to the Wimbledon quarterfinals after beating Ivo Karlovic in four sets. Roger Federer is also through, but number one seed Novak Djokovic resumes later today at two sets all against the South African Kevin Anderson. The weather outbreaks of heavy rain this morning, but becoming drier and brighter this afternoon. A maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Hold on, hang on, wrong one, hang on, oh blimey, hang on. Ah, this one, thank you. Yeah, here we go. Oh, play. Happy birthday, Ringo!
Jen. Ian, stop dissing Thordis's timing. It's a case of you calling the pot calling the kettle black. You're always spoiling Wally's show with silly noises and clips. Haven't done that much for months, Jen. Not since I got told off. And it's kind of a simple thing to know when shows are, I don't know, supposed to, what's the word? Oh, yeah, end. Jog on, Jen. Not in the mood today, love. Ta-ta! The BBC may have lost its balls. I think I've just found them, guys. I think I've just found them. It's uh, Ringo Star Special 03459 555 555 is the uh, is that did I give out the right number there? I'm yeah, just, we'll okay. do. Yeah, Kelly, great to have you on board. Thanks, player. There we go. You see, uh, it's a Ringo Star Special. Dealey's going to go out on the streets and talk about Ringo Star, and um, I don't know what he's going to do, but whatever he does, it's going to be um, um, rhythmic. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have another Ringo Star song. I don't care. Go on. Yeah, I'm going to do it. You can, you can choose. Kelly, you can choose. Young, oh, young okay. people did yeah. Ringo. You can have yep. either It Don't Come Easy mm-hmm. or Weight of the World. Let's have uh, It Don't Come Easy. You, oh, baby, you've chosen well. Hang on a second. There we go. This is the BBC. This is what the BBC wants. Now that the seven, we have to, we're responsible for the over 75-year-olds. They're going to get over 75-year-olds. Oh, that's why we're doing it. He's 75 today. This is for all you licence fee dodgers.
Morning, Ringo. Good morning, Ringo Starr. 75 uh, years old today. Happy birthday, Ringo. And uh, we're also playing that for all of the uh, the slackers, the 75-year-olds and over, that we've now got to pay for. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. Well done, guys. Well done, guys. Geez. Uh, On to slightly more serious issues. Ten years ago today, four men took a train from Luton Station with the intention of never returning. When they detonated their bombs at Allgate, Edgware Road, Russell Square and Tavistock Square, they killed 52 people and injured more than 700 others. One of them was Phil Duckworth from St Albans. He was standing next to the bomber on one of the trains and as emergency walkers passed him on the track, they said, this one's gone, which gave him the energy to get up and save his life. Who'd have thought it? Well, he spoke to our reporter, Justin Dealey. Uh, well, I, it was my normal commute, uh, so I got on the uh, underground at Farringdon and uh, it was it was hot, it was a busy day. I was slightly late that day, so it wasn't I wasn't in any particular, particular hurry to get to get to work, it was just sort of going with the flow. I don't really remember much about the commute at all. I, I, I remember I sat down, I was reading my uh, my book, which is uh, Dan Brown, Dan Brown's Angels, Demons. When we, just after Liverpool Street, I get up and get to the door and I was I was stood at the door, my hand on the, the, the sort of partition and then there was a massive white flash uh, ringing in my ears. Honestly, I just couldn't work out what was going on. I thought I'd fallen off the train and, and maybe got electrocuted or something like that. I could remember for a while and, and, until I came round and I was actually on the tunnel floor uh, in the dark. Uh, I was sort of laid on the rails and it was at that, that point I realised, you know, obviously something bad has happened. Maybe I did fall out of the train. I was sort of barely conscious, kept coming, coming in, drifting in and out. Uh, and then I was trying to get my way to the station. I could see Allgate Station in, in distance. All I wanted to do was get to the platform. And uh, it was probably 20 minutes or so before I got enough energy together to try and stand up. It's an absolute miracle you're still here today because you, of course, were standing next to the bomber. Uh, when you were blown out of the train, all of your clothes were blown off as well, so you were literally there in your underpants on that track. Mm. How did it feel when that person said, this one's gone? As a, as a human being, somebody who's going through something like that, how did that make you feel? Purely survival instinct, but this was like the, this gave me something like a sort of an adrenaline buzz or whatever, you know, and I was like, I've got to prove that guy wrong. You know, this is, this is how bad it is. They think I've died, so I've got to get up and do something. So. And just how different do you live your life today? You've got two lovely kids. I've just seen your kids next door. You seem incredibly happy. Just how different are you as a person now, six years on? I mean, I think it is a case of, you know, it just made me sort of stronger uh, in, a, in many respects. Um, just sort of viewing life, but, you know, the positive side of it, spending time with the kids and the family and, you know, being able to just be... Still have a, a good lifestyle, live in London, go, go and travel in London, you know, travel and go to work in London, and, and not be afraid. And in a bizarre way, have you made friends from that day? Because if you've been through something together like that, only a small group of people have actually experienced that. So, yeah. do you still keep in contact with people from that day? Yes, uh, I'm sort of part of a sort of quite close group of people that were um, either from my train or some of the others and uh, we actually meet up every year and have a meal and 
you know, celebrate all the things we've achieved since 7-7. Uh, we'll be talking uh, more about that throughout the show. 03459 455 555. You can text as well, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Um, OK, here's what we're going to do. Two things while we're down the rabbit hole this morning. First thing is, if you want to phone up, I've, I'm pretty sure Ringo's listening this morning. I tweeted him a link. I also tweeted him a swear word. That'll get his attention. Um, so he, uh, if Ringo's probably listening, so if you want to phone up and, and uh, leave a message for Ringo Starr, who's probably in bed in Los Angeles mm. with the beautiful Barbara Bach, uh, then 03459 455 555 is the phone number. Now, also, also, we shouldn't really joke about this. This is actually a very, very serious thing that the BBC has agreed it's going to um, take on the commitment of um, uh, being responsible for a welfare, that the government should be responsible for the welfare being free TV licences for the 75s and over. Whoever voted for that government, well done. Uh, so the BBC said, yeah, we're going to take on a welfare. They'll be doing food parcels soon as well. Mm. And that's fair enough. We don't mind taking on a welfare. But I just feel the over 75s got to give us something they've got to show us something they've got to it's got to be a two-way street here guys so this morning i want to know we're giving tv licenses for free to people over 75 what can they give us in return yeah. 03459 455555 travel news for beds hearts and bugs bbc three counties radio we're looking OK on the roads across the three counties this morning. No reported problems. If you are heading up the M1, uh, unfortunately the M1 is closed in Northamptonshire. The northbound M1 shut between 16 and 18. Uh, there was a serious accident late last night around 10.30 and recovery work and resurfacing work continues. Uh, there is a diversion in place. You're asked to follow the hollow black triangle symbol via the A45 west towards Weedenbeck, then the A5 north towards Hinkley, A428 and then back on the M1 at 18. Just be aware there's a queue already on the north band M1 approaching that closure from junction 15A, so that's from Northampton Services. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you, James. 6.16, it's uh, Tuesday, the 7th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Services will be held today to mark 10 years since the London bombings when four suicide bombers travelled from Luton Station to kill 52 people in the capital. Two Buckinghamshire men have been convicted at the Old Bailey of drugs offences following the death of a High Wycombe bodybuilder three years ago. And a cricket club in Houghton Regis say they are considering moving out of the town to escape nuisance motorbikes invading their pitch. Sundays on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a one-on-one -on -one connection thing. It's about me, it's about you. That's what it's all about. Edward Adu. It's not going to be Top Gear. It's going to be a thousand times better. Every Sunday night from eight. Eclectic black music. It's going to be funk, soul, hip-hop, reggae, even a bit of house as well. It's like a social club. It's the Edward Adu Social Club. We just hang out, peanuts, glass of water. That's what it's all about. Edward Adu. I wear weird trousers, I wear crazy glasses, and I love fried chicken. Every Sunday night from 8 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Happy birthday, Ringo. Three in a row, back to back beats. Maybe your daddy never held you like he should Maybe your mama just held on 
had a lucky life as the ugly Beatle who couldn't drum or sing well. Well, that song just proved you wrong on uh, at least two of those three counts. And now the breakfast show could be upon him. No, 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 no. Morning, Bob! Morning! Bob, what do you want to say to Ringo? Oh, claim to fame. Go, go on then. Well, his claim to fame was, of course, drumming with the Beatles. Well, I've just come back from Figuero. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, and uh, who's on me out there? I've got no idea. Was it Ringo? Because that's... No, it was what JVS Who? Wally Webb. JVS and Wally Webb? Yes. Are out there together? Yes. Anyone else think that sounds a bit queer? Isn't that weird? Oh, uh, don't say queer. No, I don't. I mean it in the old-fashioned sense. Oh, the old-fashioned sense. Were they there together? Yes, they were. Suspicious. This is a bit funny. Well, I'll be the judge of that. Would you... Uh, empty bottles, Grisho... Say that again, but in English. Uh, uh, Grisho, bottles of wine. Oh, empty. oh, oh. Well, they've been drinking it, haven't they? Oh, well, I don't know. Well, you make your own mind up. I would be surprised if Jonathan had been pouring it away. How old are you, Bob? Me? Yeah. 76. Ah, right then. What are you going to give me? Come on, show Daddy some sugar. What you got for me? What have I got for you? Yeah. Ask me a question. What have you got for me? Question mark. Uh, hello. Hello. Uh, ask me a question. What have you got for me? What have you got for me? Question oh, mark. Uh, uh, Syria. I don't want it. No, the thing. This is weird, isn't it? No, what I'm asking, 
Bob, yes, is because um, the BBC, you know you get free TV licence. Oh, no, no, you don't. No, uh, uh, yes. I can pay my way. All right, well, you don't need to because we, the BBC, we're going to swallow that up for you. Yes, that's OK. I'll pay my way. OK. Well, if you send your cheques to Ian Lee... Yes. Care of BBC Three Counties Radio... Um, yeah. Sexy Square, Dunstable, then um, that'll be awesome. Um, I can afford to pay my TV license. You keep showing off, Bob, don't you? Doesn't he keep showing off? Dunny, though. Dunny, though. What's he like? Dunny, though. David. Hello there. Say, How hello, are you? say hello to Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. How are you doing, mate? I'm okay. Yeah. I've got another 10 years to get on with you. Can oh. you? Sorry? I can afford to pay my licence. Yeah. You asked me if I could? Yes, of course. Always. Of course you can. Same as, same as yeah. me. Uh, we do, do not need this uh, free licence, do we? Well, no, because I'll tell you what. This is Conservatives doing what they always do. Uh, I'm they're good, to, I'm they're trying back. to help the pensioners. Yes. But they're trying to cut back the BBC so they can let other private companies and make more money for the rich people. OK. Don't you think BBC should put adverts on? Ooh. Not if it becomes like ITV. Yes. Is, I tell you no. what, I tell you what, Bob. All right, listen. Uh, if you think the BBC should do adverts, it's an interesting idea. Why don't you do us an advert now, Bob, and we'll see what it sounds like. So, I've just finished playing. That was Ringo Starr and Way to the World. Coming up, we're going to speak to Justin Dealey. Morning, Just. Morning, boss. But before we find out what he's... Morning, Justin. No, no. but before we find out what he's been up to, we'll be back after these messages. Silence. Is that it? Well, was that it? Was that your... I thought you were going to do an advert for us. No, sorry. I no, thought you were going to do no, one. No, you... Right, I t- OK, hang on, let's do this properly. Produ- we need production values. Do this properly. Come on, production. Right. Where's, where's the team? It's coming. Right, don't worry. Well, yeah. Right, Justin, great report, Justin, and uh, we'll speak to you later on in the show. Yeah, thank you, boss. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, David, excellent call. Thanks very much indeed. I thank you too. We'll go back to um, uh, more of the show... Well, after we hear... You're echoing. You're echo, echo, echo. What? Oh, flip it. We'll be back after these short messages. <laughs> Are you going to do the advert or what? Are you going to do the advert? Bob! I don't know what to say on the advert. Oh, all right. Do one for... um. What can he advertise, Just? What about aftershave? Oh, no, 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 no. I wouldn't do. I know what. What what about BBC? No. What about rich pensioners who can afford their TV license? Well, I can. Well, then advertise that. All right, so we go. Right. All pensioners can have. All pensioners can pay the license. Sorry. All pensioners can pay their licence. All pensioners can pay their license. Is that true? Of course, they get loads of money. Hey. And he's 76 years old, guys, so that's true. 
<laughs> oh, Justin, uh, we got time to squeeze this in. I know, you know, I'm, I'm in one of those moods hey, today. Boss, before you go, 15 seconds from Abel, who's looking very able on the streets. Ringo Starr is 75 years old today. What would you like to say to Ringo? Happy birthday, mate. You're doing very well. There you go, boss. There Live reaction go. on the streets of Ringo. Beautiful. The streets of Ringo. Right, now listen, motorbikes in Dunstable, Houghton Regis. We've seen them, or at least I've seen video footage shot by a colleague of the motorbikes in the car park round the back here. Yeah. You've seen that from Tony the Fish. I have, and it's horrendous. Uh, it all started last year when the local cricket team, the Houghton Chargers, came to us for uh, uh, help keeping them uh, off their pitch long enough to bowl an in- innings. Well, uh, local MP Andrew Salou got involved, and it looked like everything think was sorted. Well, uh, Justin, you uh, confronted a teenager in Dunstable about his uh, biking habits and uh, you've seen this problem firsthand, haven't you? I have, yeah. I've seen it in Dunstable, seen it in Houghton Regis as well. Um, it kind of comes in waves. It'll suddenly disappear for a while, then it will come well, back they're, again. they're back smoking cheeky little mag- magic cigarettes. Well, possibly. Oh. Uh, I mean, I-, I spoke to a 14-year-old who's got one of these off-road bikes and uh, very, very arrogant with his words. Uh, he spoke to me a few days ago. Here's what happened. Why is this problem so big in this area? Because there's nothing else to do. Okay, why is it, and this is a question which keeps coming up, why is it for for certain weeks it will go very, very quiet and then all of a sudden everyone will be back out again on their bikes? That's because the police take a bike and it takes a couple of weeks or something to get a new one. If you know what I mean. So, so people like you are put off because the police come out, do a blitz, they crush some of the bikes, so you think it's not worth going out for, yeah, for those couple of weeks? Yeah, it cool down, yeah. What's going to make you stop? Don't think there is anything. Nothing at all? No, nothing. So you're telling me right now that this problem here in, in Houghton Regis and Dunstable is never going to go away? No, I don't think there is nothing that they could do. They'll get bigger bikes, but we'll do the exact same. What's your message to the police, then? Catch me if you can. I mean, as arrogant as that, that's your message to the police. But, yeah, that's the message. Oh, you little so-and-so. Ooh, Ooh. catch me if you can. Was it Dave Clark or something? Blimey. Incredible, wasn't it? But uh, there you go. Kids of today, he said to me that uh, he knows people as young as eight years old who have got these bikes locally. What's a 14-year-old doing with an eight-year-old? I don't know, but he's saying that problem is never going to go away. If the police, they come along with bigger bikes, all they're going to do is get bigger bikes themselves. You know what what I call what he just said? Mm. Call that an act of war. I call that, Catherine. <laughs> I call that an act of war. Mm. He's a 14-year-old has challenged me. I'm 42. He's challenged me to war. Well, not you, the police. Well, I'm, I'm generally on the side of the police, apart from some of this stuff. You know, they've, you know, let's not whitewash them like they do with a lot of their inquiries. But uh, he's declared war on me. Oh. Yeah. And by by me, I mean us. Oh, don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want to... I'm a lover, not a fighter. You're... In, I, I know. And You're involved. You're all involved, guys. This is Team Lee. And do you know the only way to beat these kids is at their own game. If you can't beat them, and because of Europe, we can't, we can join them. Bring in some motorbikes tomorrow, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> We're going um, dirt boxing, you and me. Wow. <sighs> I don't think I've got the right equipment. Trust me, you have... <laughs> Daily. Shot Kelly's mic quick. <laughs> Daily. Can you get some birthday reaction on the streets, please? Yep, yeah. And then maybe later on, the BBC is now going to be responsible for um, giving out free TV licenses to the over 75s. We've very generously taken it off of the shoulders of the government. Um, what are the over 75s going to give us in return?
Yeah. Can you I, do I that as well, boss? Yeah, give me 20 minutes on Ringo and I'll come back to you. Speak to you later. Ta-ta. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Roads across the three counties generally doing okay from what I can see on the sensors and cameras. Building up on the anti-clockwise M25 in patches between the M1 and the M40 Junction 16. If you are heading into Northamptonshire though, the northbound M1 is closed between 16 and 18 for a surfacing work after a serious accident light last night. There's a queue from Junction 15A. That's Northampton Services. James Worley, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, James. You wouldn't get this show anywhere else. You wouldn't even get this show at the other place where I do another show. You wouldn't get that. Oh, we'd have had phone calls. It's 6.32. Let's get the news. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. A service at St Paul's Cathedral is one of a series of events taking place today <coughs> Excuse me, to mark ten years since the London bombings. Four suicide bombers, including Jermaine Lindsay from Aylesbury, met at Luton Station before travelling to the capital and killing 52 people on three underground trains and a bus. Two Buckinghamshire men have been convicted at the Old Bailey of drugs offences following the death of a High Wycombe bodybuilder three years ago and police are continuing to appeal for witnesses to yesterday morning's crash at Cholton in Bedfordshire in which one person died and two others were seriously injured. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Andy Murray is through to the Wimbledon quarterfinals after beating Ivo Karlovic in four sets. Roger Federer also through, but number one seed Novak Djokovic resumes later today at two sets all against the South African Kevin Anderson. Djokovic recovered from two sets down before bad light ended play last night. Murray, meanwhile, relieved to see off his giant opponent. Because of his height, obviously, people don't try to lob him loads, so he can sometimes get quite close to the net um, by using the lob that and some successful ones that made him kind of back off the net a little bit. So then I was able to use some some angles on the passing shots and, yeah, it worked well. Watford's record signing Etienne Capoue says Hornets goalkeeper Jarelio Gomez told him to join the club. The two were teammates at Spurs with French international Capoue yesterday sealing a move thought to be worth in the region of £5.5 million. But Hungarian international Daniel Tozier has announced he's leaving Vicarage Road. And Luton play a friendly this evening on their pre-season training trip to Portugal. Rory McIlroy looks set to miss next week's Open Golf Championship after rupturing an ankle ligament playing football. He's already withdrawn from this week's Scottish Open. 2014 European Ryder Cup captain Paul McGinley says it would be a blow if the four-time major winner does miss out. It's a shame because St Andrews of all the golf courses with the power and length that he has really suited him and it was all set up for a lovely head-to-head with him and Jordan and then other guys involved as well too. It was going to be great for the game of golf and now we've been uh, deprived of that but uh, hopefully he recovers quickly. British heavyweight Tyson Fury will fight Vladimir Klitschko for the Ukrainians' world heavyweight titles in Germany on October the 24th. And Britain's Chris Froome leads the Tour de France after finishing second on stage three, which was marred by two bad crashes. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin at seven. Oh, I haven't got the thing. I've... Oh. This is Nick Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Simon. Computer's working today, which is always good. Hey, I'm looking at this whiteboard and it's out of date. 
We don't need any of this stuff anymore. Whiteboard? We have a whiteboard when we're down the rabbit hole for you. We've got some new listeners for the first hour, suckers. Yeah. You thought it was going to be d- d- good. It's because you sang yesterday. You're going to have to sing again. Um, dance, I'll sing. monkey boy, dance. Now, so this morning we are discussing... Uh, it's Ringo Starr's birthday. Happy 75th birthday, Ringo. What's your message to him? He's bound to be listening. Uh, also, the BBC have very generously decided that um, we're not going to let the government uh, give free TV licences to the 75s and overs. We're going to do it. We're going to take that on board, as well as sacking a thousand people. Happy now? Um, but So, when well, we're going to do that, and we're pleased to do that, but what are old people going to give us? 03459455555. Can we play ring poker? Ooh, poker ring. No, ring poker. I mean, it'd be nice if it was Ringo Bingo, but I think it's ring poker. We can do ring poker. Just very quickly, one final thing as well. Bob, Bob suggested it and then bottled it. If you want to do adverts on the BBC... Not for your rubbish T-shirt printing business, but if you want to do adverts on the BBC, this morning is uh, we're going to um, we're going to try that. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Yeah, sure, of course we can play ring poker. Right, should do it. Yeah, go on then. All right, I'll go first. Ring. Okay. Phone ring. Kelly, sorry, what? Oh, I was po- on the f- I was on the phone. No, you weren't. David's back with an advert. If you want it. Um, David. Nope. Oh. Yeah. You're going to do an advert? If you want. Okay, we'll be back after these messages. David. David. David, do your advert now. Yep. There's no real adverts. There's no real adverts, David. You're the advert. Support the BBC. The best in the world. You deserve them. Well, I mean, that's really... Well, I mean, good is a word that I probably wouldn't have used in that context. I'm not sure anyone deserves this. No. Uh, right, OK, so ring. Yeah. So I did we- I did phone ring. She- Wedding ring. Ringo. Oh. Party ring. Um. Are you out? No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Well, hang... Uh, um... How can you be... I know there's loads. Yeah, there's loads of rings. Steady, steady, guys. Um, How can you be... Because um... I can only think of a rude one. Well, of course you can. You, we're not, we're not, I'm not having your rude ring. Um, ring, ring. Hello. Yeah, I'll give you that. that that's acceptable. I mean, it's derivative of my telephone ring, but uh, yeah. No, okay, it's fine. acceptable. What's, cool. what's your problem with that? Oh, okay. It's a tiny bit of beef, yeah. Ringo. You said you already done that. No, I did. The first one was Ringo Starr. Second one was Ringo the Crisps. No, oh, Ringo's like a Ringo guy. Oh, they were so good. Yeah. Curtain ring. Oh, oh, oh. What did you say? For God's sake. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. Even that's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Naughty. Sorry. Tell you what you need. You need a little bit of this. I Hang on a second. You, yeah, yeah we, we're going to accept that. What? But, but whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what did you just say? The film. There's a film called Ring. The Ring. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, a sexy, well, a sexy, uh, slightly ring in your hands. Oh, sexy, sli- no, that's with the double U. A sexy older gentleman has come up to the table and has put down his bell, and he wants to play. Good morning, sir. What's your name? Make up a name. I'm talking to you, old man. Which old man are you talking to? This one. This one about ringing your neck. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, we'll have that. Okay. All right. I'll come and do it for you if you like. No, oh. thank you. <laughs> um, um, ring-a-ding-ding. Okay. <laughs> really? The ring of truth. Okay, yeah. The ring of fire. Boom. Thanks, Kath. Uh, old man? Yes? You'll, you'll go. My go? Uh, I don't know, no. Ring your hands in desperation. Thanks for playing. Um, ring peace? No. Sorry? <laughs> huh? Is she all right? I think she's crying because I literally just lost to her job then. Mm. Yours is all right. Yeah. Mine's looking iffy now. Yeah, it always was. <laughs> If I'm honest, you know, things... Shall I, play a... I expected it from her, but you? <laughs> Shall I play a nice song? Wait, I'm Quick. not really good No, no. No, well, no so we're done. Let's just regroup. I had to leave you and go away But I think about you every day In the morning and in the afternoon I wish that I could see you soon And when I held you I felt so fine It was like there was nothing left on my mind It was like Rockaway Beach in the month of June I wish that I could see you soon I had no plans to meet you, baby I had a million things to do, baby But you hit my heart with a harpoon I wish that I could see you soon The angels go How long till you can see her? And I'm like, the sooner the better Do you really think she will wait for you? Well, I have no way to say and there's nothing I can do Well, I have no, no way to say, say and there's nothing I can do Go! Across the sea, I wonder if you're gonna wait for me or if you're gonna find a new boy to spoon. I wish that I could see you soon, and if you wait a little, my pretty friend, until I come back to hold your hand, we'll be like bugs when they break through a cocoon. You know, I wish that I could see you soon. It's been a while since I felt like this, and now I found someone I really miss. Under the sun, under the moon I wish that I could see you soon, angels How long till you can see her? And I'm like, the sooner the better Do you really think she will wait for you? And I'm like, there's no way to say And there is nothing I can do Well, there is no way to say And there is nothing I can do Go! And I'm like, well, the sooner the better Do you 
No, as Scott says on Twitter, ring peace is when you turn your phone off after a busy day. Peace from your ring. Which I have not got at the moment, as I told you this morning. Stop it. First thing I You're said. You're making to, it worse. First, well, I'm not. I'm trying to go so I've got Miss Avalon. Yeah, but then you go. <laughs> first thing Just I said. Just leave it alone, I said to you. First thing I said to Kath this morning, we got out of our cars at the same time, went, oh, Kath's been bummed enough. <laughs> like it's my problem. First I mean, thing. I know I'm your producer, but my duties end somewhere. Produce this. That end. Now, uh, okay, so it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> you smile. It's your turn. Okay. Yeah. The one ring to rule them all. What? I mean, I'm yeah, going to... Yeah, Frodo's ring. Just because just uh, her answer's bore me and I want to mm. hear what Kelly's got. No. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Oh, bring it. Oh, that's oh, like no, clock. clock. No, it isn't. That's like clock. You just made a... You just put a word in. Out. No. Out. But that's Out. the beauty of you're it. You're done. That's... It's ring poker. Yeah. The ring is in the word bring. We're not playing bring poker. Otherwise, you're just naming types of ring. Yep. <laughs> that's the game. Bob. It's Bob, yeah. two, two questions. First one, what are you doing back on? And secondly, we can't allow bring in ring poker, can we? No, 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 no. You've no. had um, Sainsbury's I, I, in I'd berry like poker. I'd you to uh, play uh, some music. Some what? Play some music. Some what? Cows? No, not cows. You music. said music. Music. Yeah, oh, music. Yeah. What? What? We we just have been. What do you want? Isa, Isa. Oh, we don't play Isa. Isa, Isa, do da, do da. How does it go? How's it go? Sing that. Hang, hang on a minute. Sing, sing that again. Isa, Isa. That's not a song. That's it just really a way of is. saving money and it's not that effective anymore. Hello. I'm a DJ. Obviously. The oldest DJ in Milton Keynes. Well, yeah, it's great. Where, where are you working these days? Pardon? Where, where are you working these days? Well, I work all over the country. I work in Doncaster. All right. Well, but, but I, I, saw, I Sheffield. Saw in Wherefield? Sheffield. Thank you very much indeed. Um, okay, I don't know what that song is. I say, I say, I say, I say, I say, come on. Do you mean come you on? Know I, it. Do you mean come on, Eileen? No, no, no. I say, I say. Do you mean Gary Glitter? Um, come on, come on. Yes. You mean that? Yes. But I'm not going to play that, am I? Well, no, you're not. Then well, why are you, you asking me to play friends? it? Are you scared, my son? Are you frightened to play that? No, I'll just get told off for playing Gary Glitter. Oh, you get you get the sack. No, I won't get the sack. I'll get told off, rightfully so. <laughs> Thanks for calling twice. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio.
The anti-clockwise M25 building up now from 21 down to 16. It's already very heavy in patches between the M1 and the M40. If you're heading up the M1 into Northamptonshire, the northbound M1 is closed this morning between 16 and 18. That's Northampton West all the way up to Rugby for the resurfacing work after the serious accident late last night. The queue starts at junction 15A. It's very slow on the diversion route via the A45 and the A5, just north of Weedon Beck. And on to uh, trains across the three counties, well, no reported problems currently. James Worley, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, James. If you want to take part in ring poker, play an advert, or tell us what the over 75 year olds can give us, 03459 555. If your name's David or Bob, probably best you have a little lie down or something. Wait till nurse comes. Now, 647, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Services will be held today to mark 10 years since the London bombings, when four suicide bombers travelled from Luton Station to kill 52 people in the capital. Two Buckinghamshire men have been convicted at the Old Bailey of drugs offences following the death of a High Wycombe bodybuilder three years ago. And a cricket club in Houghton Regis say they've had enough and could move out of the town to escape nuisance motorbikes invading their pitch. Here's the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a rather cloudy morning today. We have some outbreaks of rain on the way as well. Some of those could be potentially quite heavy. Uh, one or two of those already fallen across some of us, but uh, we should get some more actually. But between them, we're going to get some nice sunny spells as well. Now, you may hear a rumble or two of thunder this morning. This afternoon, it's going to be brighter, drier. We should get some sunny spells to end the day. Now, the sun sets later on at around 21, 21. The maximum temperature today is 22 Celsius. Now, we're still Breezy today and are hanging on to that breeze overnight. Some outbreaks of rain overnight with more cloud and the minimum down to 12 Celsius. Sun rises at 04.52. When it does, it's going to remain breezy, I'm afraid. Some outbreaks of showery rain tomorrow. It's going to feel cool at maximum 20 Celsius. But the good news is things start to improve through Thursday and Friday. We should get some sunny spells and uh, the temperature gradually rising. By Friday, we could reach 24, maybe 25 Celsius. And that's your forecast. So I know what you're thinking, Catherine. You don't. I do. I'm thinking, what am I going to do now? I've got no job. Uh, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, but if the Beatles had been Japanese and had been recording in the late uh, 80s, early 90s, what would they have sounded like? Gosh, that's almost exactly what I was thinking. Well, I've got the answer. They would have sounded like this.
Ringo Starr, 75 years old today, when he was Japanese. I love that. It's good, isn't it? I love that. That's Box and Temptation Girl. Box are flipping awesome. They released two albums. Nobody bought them except for me. I think I might have to buy one. Uh, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do you copies. Box are, uh, are, are, are lovely. They're, they're, this is like 30, 20 years ago. Uh, and they get together every year and do a concert at the Budokan. And I, I, they keep inviting me. Every year they send me a birthday card and they say, come, come and see our show. And I was like, yeah, you pay for it and I'll come, fellas. They're amazing. They're Although good, it's a complete rip-off. I mean, it's like they oh. stripped down the Beatles' car yeah. and used the spare parts oh, to build a it. similar car. They've got a spin-off group called Piccadilly Circus where they sound like Paul McCartney and Wings. And wow. I've got one of them. I haven't got it on here. One of them doing an amazing version of, um, um, oh, um, maybe it's No More Lonely Nights, I think, where he sounds like McCartney. Yeah. It's incredible. The, the voice is amazing. Um, ring Around the Roses. Ring Around the Roses. Okay. Is that a thing? Ring a Ring of Roses. That's mm. it. Ring a Ring of Roses. That's it. I need some thinking time. Okie dokie. Can you get to Dorothy? She's got to go to Oh, okay, okay, okay. I didn't see Dorothy there. Thank you. Oh, there's people want to play. Hang on, hang on a second. Let's go. Dorothy! Yes, have I'm you, here. Good morning. Have you got a ring that we can use? Yes, I have. It's the three rings. You got... What? It's called the three rings. What's the three rings? It's engagement ring, wedding ring, and then suffering. <laughs> Dorothy did a funny Dorothy did a funny Thank you Dorothy Let's go to Peter in Warmer Green Morning Peter Morning What would you like to have a whinge about today? Is it rings? I oh, know This is what we say Peter When a new player sits at the table Peter When a new player sits at the table Show us your ring Show us your ring player five rings Sorry the Olympic five rings. Well, Olympic, Olympic rings, rings would do. Yeah. Olympic rings? Have you got an Olympic ring? No, there's five of them, isn't there? 
Okay. Well, I mean, yes. And now, listen, Peter, you're an old man. We're paying your TV licence. Right, you're welcome. Over 75. You're welcome, by the way. And I wish to. I really want to support the BBC because I want totally honest and straightforward news oh. without fear or favour and without political interference. And yeah. I think we've got that in the BBC. Otherwise, we'll become a dictatorship. Well, can I can I let you do a secret, Peter? And this is strictly yeah. between you and I. Yeah. Uh, Simon Oxley is constantly accepting brown envelopes from various <laughs> dodgy-looking gentlemen and women, so I've got no well, idea. Well, that must be outside a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> it must be, Peter. Peter, <laughs> what are you going to give us in return? What am I going to give you in return? Correct. Loyalty. No, I want something tangible. Tangible? Or a tangerine. Well, Any citrus uh, fruit will do. put it this way. Yeah. I, a lot of my knowledge has been learnt from the BBC. From, <laughs> well, we'll have it back. <laughs> we do get it wrong. back. We'll have it back then, Pete. Well, yes, sometimes I think you need it. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what it gave you, a stinger. Peter, <laughs> speak to you later on. Ta-ta. I've got one. Oh, Peter. Yeah? What would you like to say to Ringo? To Ringo? To Ringo. Well, uh, he was a member of a tremendous group, so therefore... He's uh, insulted to our thanks because there was a lot of great music came out then. Thank you very much indeed. Fairy ring. That's not a... Th- what yes, is Yes, it this? is. A fairy ring is a ring of toadstools into which you must not tread. I'm playing my Joker card. I'm inviting Kelly back into the game. Joker Thanks, player. player. What's your ring? Bell right. ringing. So? Bell ringing. Beautiful. Okay. Prawn ring. Oh. <laughs> the They're only a pound at Christmas time. Yep. Ring donut. Oh, so mm, yeah. Ask Tony Blackburn if he's got a ring we could Tony, use. Tony, do you have a ring that we could use? Do I what? Do you have a ring that we could use? A ring? Yeah. What, my wedding ring? Can we yeah. use his wedding ring? No, we've had wedding ring. We've had wedding no, ring. We haven't had Tony Blackburn's <laughs> wedding ring. We're, we're playing ring poker, so you've got to come up with... We've had prawn ring, ring ring... Ring donut? Ring around the... Ro- ring, a, ring of roses. Uh, ring, ring, ring. Abba. Ring, ring, why don't you give me a call? Hang on a a second, as if by magic. Oh. Oh. We're not playing it, though. Oh, but there you have it. No, we're not playing it, but we have Abba. Thank you, Tony. Pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, dear. Um, uh, Anything else? Oh, is it my go? Yeah. Okay. We did, we've done that. Done that one. He's getting, he's starting to think now. Um, Okay. Um, <clears throat> Ringo, the, the the thing you pay your car park thing. Brap, I'm having Ringo, the thing you pay your car with. Okay. Thank you. It's all right. <laughs> Go on. Catherine's thinking. Never a good sign. Um. Looking good for Catherine. Catherine's ring is not looking good. <laughs> Three, two, one. Ring the alarm. Oh, for crying out loud, yeah. Betsy? Toe ring. Oh, kinky. Oh, how 90s. To- look at Tony. Tony's A not... Um, not oh, just made me think of one. Ring the wrong number. 
accept that? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. Um, 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 okay, let me think, let me think, because I just um, uh, had one. Ring me. Uh, not now, Tony, I'm doing a show. It's <laughs> <laughs> very persistent, isn't he? It's very persistent. Circus ring. Okay, earring. Bet. Nose ring. Well, now we're just saying different types of ring. That's what we've been doing the whole time. <laughs> You've oh, just yeah, this off. game doesn't quite work. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, usual delays on the anti-clockwise M25, slow in patches from the M1 down to the M40, junctions 21 to 16. Uh, the M1 in Northamptonshire closed this morning, northbound between 16 and 18. That's Northampton West all the way up to Rugby after a serious accident uh, late last night. Resurfacing works underway, likely to continue until midday now, that closure of the M1 in Northamptonshire. There's already a queue from 15A just by Northampton Services. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you, James. Thank you, special guest star Tony Blackburn. Shh. We're climbing out of the rabbit hole now. We'll still take your uh, Ringo Star birthday wishes. And the over 75s. You got a free TV license. What do we get? Vocal and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, ten years since the 7-7 London bombings. Two men found guilty after death of Buckinghamshire bodybuilder and Bedfordshire Cricket Club say they've had enough of nuisance bikes. BBC Three Counties Radio. A service at St Paul's Cathedral is one of a series of events taking place today to mark ten years since the London bombings. Four suicide bombers, including Jermaine Lindsay from Aylesbury, met at Luton Station before travelling to the capital and killing 52 people on three underground trains and a bus. More than 700 people were injured. Paralympian Martine Wright from Tring lost her legs in the attacks, having been sat close to one of the bombers on the circle line. After I woke up, after ten days of being in a coma, I didn't really think of him. I wasn't, I wasn't angry. For me, I couldn't understand how someone could do such an awful thing. I still don't understand it. Two Buckinghamshire men have been convicted at the Old Bailey of conspiracy to produce and supply Class C steroids. Following the death of bodybuilder Sean Clitheroe in 2012, Mr Clitheroe died after taking the drug DNP at the Apollo gym in High Wycombe. It's an industrial chemical not suitable for human consumption. Peter Perkins from Hazelmere and Jason King from Great Missenden will be sentenced later this month. Police are continuing to appeal for witnesses to yesterday morning's crash in Bedfordshire in which one person died and two others were seriously injured. The crash involving a van and a lorry happened at Cholton just after seven o'clock. Shops could be open for longer on Sundays under plans to be set out by the Chancellor in tomorrow's budget. George Osborne will give elected mayors and councils the power to relax the laws locally. More from Ben Gagan. I don't think it's going to be without opposition. This is one of those issues that's come up again and again over the last 20 or so years since the Sunday trading laws came into effect. And there are some big supermarkets and stores that are actually against it. They're worried about the effect it'll have on their workers. Equally, there are those uh, such as Asda and Morrisons who say, actually, we've got to bring ourselves up to date. A report published today is expected to show that a lack of competition between the big six energy firms costs consumers more than a billion pounds a year between 2009 and 2013. It's believed the Competition and Markets Authority will say households paid about £50 a year too much.
A cricket club in Houghton Regis say they've had enough and could move out of the town to escape nuisance motorbikes invading their pitch. The Houghton Chargers play at the Village Green but have had persistent problems with young people riding across the pitch and outfield. But this teenager says the problem won't go away. Ask us the police to take a bike and it takes a couple of weeks or something to get a new one. If you know what I mean. But there is nothing that they could do. They'll get bigger bikes but we'll do the exact same. What's your message to the police then? Catch me if you can. In sport, Andy Murray is through to the Wimbledon quarterfinals after beating Ivo Karlovic in four sets, but number one seed Novak Djokovic resumes later today at two sets all against the South African Kevin Anderson. The weather outbreaks of heavy rain this morning, but becoming drier and brighter this afternoon. A maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Good work. Thank you, Simon. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio of all places. Oh, man, alive! Busy show this morning. It's Ringo's 75th birthday, which... Well, it's almost like his mum and dad planned it that way. What's your birthday message for Ringo, please? Oh, man alive, if you've ever met Ringo, I have the only Beatle I've met. And at the time, he was the best living member of the Beatles. If you've ever met Ringo, your Ringo stories, please. We can expand it as well. Your drumming stories. 03459 455 555. And come on, guys. We're giving free TV licences away to the over-75s. Well, well, what are the over-75s going to give to the BBC? That's the question. 03-459-455-555 is the phone number. You can text as well, 81333, start your text 3CR. Or you can stand outside the window here in Dunstable and hold up a sheet of paper. It's all groovy, man. Suck my kids. Yes. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you're more than welcome to. Um, or you can text eight one three double three. Start your text three CR now. It's ten years to the day since fifty two people died, and hundreds were injured during the seven seven London attacks. The city had been chosen to host the twenty twelve Olympics the day before, and people were going about their lives, travelling to work as usual, when four bombers targeted. Oldgate, Edgware Road, Russell Square and Tavistock Square. Well, Philip Nelson is the chair and founder of the 7-7 Memorial Trust and joins me now. Morning, Philip. Um, hello, Ian. Good morning to you. Philip, what, what are your memories of 7-7 uh, uh, seven, seven, ten years ago? Um, my, my London flat is uh, just around the corner from Tavistock Square and Tavistock Place. Unfortunately, I'd left the area uh, way before um, the, the, bomb, the bombing started, and especially before the, uh, the bus exploded in Tavistock Square. But uh, 
Uh, the first that I knew about it, I came out of a meeting at 10 o'clock and a friend of mine who worked at Scotland Yard uh, called my mobile phone and said, Philip, are you all right? And uh, I said, I'm perfectly fine. He said, you clearly haven't heard what's happened, have you? And uh, uh, so he brought me up to speed. And when I came back that evening, um, there was hardly any traffic on the road. There were obviously hundreds, if not thousands of people walking home from work. Uh, the area which I live in was a crime scene for two or three weeks um, after the event. And uh, it, it was just quite eerie. And I, one of the defining images of that time is that uh, people had left attached uh, photos of their loved ones onto uh, various lampposts in the locality. At that stage, they were still missing. They hadn't been identified as dead. So it was quite a surreal time moment, I think, in the city's history. It was. It was very. I remember hearing it. I was listening to LBC at the time, and uh, Nick Ferrari, who was doing the breakfast show, uh, mentioned that um, there'd been a power surge. Everyone thought it was a power surge, didn't they, on the underground to start with, uh, and that there there had been an explosion, but it was nothing to worry about. And then, kind of quite quickly, the actual news of you know the horrific news of what had happened uh, came through, and it was um, it was a very unsettling day, wasn't it? I mean, nothing like this had ever happened before. And I think that um, the response of the emergency services on that day was exemplary. Uh, Going into something which is very unknown, they didn't know whether there were any um, uh, secondary devices, as they often were, uh, when the IRA had their bombing campaign in London. And so it was was very much uncharted uh, territory. And I think it's testament to... Uh, the work of our security services and police services, that a number of events on the scale of 7-7 have been prevented over the years. Um, the, the, the 7-7 Memorial Trust, um, the, tell, me, tell me about that. What, what exactly is it for and, and what have you managed to achieve in the last 10 years? Well, I mean, it was um, the brainchild of uh, somebody who lives in Bedfordshire and I think will who'll be known to your uh, uh, viewers quite well. That was the Dowager Duchess of... Uh, uh, Bedford at Woburn Abbey. Um, when after the um, London bombings, I was invited by Camden Council to head a fundraising campaign to uh, raise enough money to restore Tavistock Square Gardens. And when we had that opening ceremony in 2011. Um, she was the obvious person to open it as the former marchioness of Tavistock, whose family still own 20 or 30 acres here in King's Cross and Bloomsbury. And she backed calls for a memorial in the site most closely recognised with the events of that day. But also what we also put on, which is a bit below the radar, is we have an annual lecture which reaches out to the whole of the 7-7 community, the families, the survivors, members of the emergency services, uh, Good Samaritans who came to the support of people at all four sites on those uh, those days and also formed the first of two official commemorations. That lecture this year took place last Monday. Uh, obviously, people will be well aware of the uh, second official uh, commemoration, which is the big service at St Paul's Cathedral today. Um, and and so, so there is the service going on today. Will you will you be at the service? Yes, I will. Um, I'll shortly be going off to. Um, I, I feel quite privileged and honoured. Um, I've been asked to read the names of the 26 who died at a multi-faith service at uh, Russell Square this morning. I'll then be doing the same at Tavistock Square. Uh, and then I'll be going with the families and other organisations who 
played their part in that day. So in the car that I'm travelling to St Paul's, there'll be uh, some of the doctors and staff from the British Medical Association. Uh, that was the site where the bus exploded outside and uh, came to the support of uh, passengers on the number 30 bus. And then we'll be going to St Paul's for a service which starts at around half past 10 and will finish about half past 12 this afternoon. Philip, um, it's just one of those days where I think uh, it all gives us uh, the pause to sit and think and remember where we were and, and count our blessings and, uh, you know, a little salute to those that didn't make it as well. Uh, well done for doing all your good work, Philip, and um, I hope today goes as smoothly as it can for you and for everyone involved. Okay. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank, Thank you, Philip. Philip Nelson, chair and founder of the 7 7 Memorial Trust. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number. I, th- I think I've said before I got uh, called to um, go on. I, I was I was at my I was in London. Then I went to my mum's in in Slare. Farnham Common, actually, she's dead posh. And I got a call from my friend who's a producer of a television show, and he said, oh, look, we've had, because of this, we've had Richard Maidley and uh, Jonathan Ross have pulled out of recording eight out of ten cats. Would you come and do it? I was like, yeah, 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 I'll come and do it. It was the weirdest thing, primarily because um, Sean Locke was a plum and humiliated me, but also, even more so, because we were filming a a comedy show, uh, but no audience was allowed into the building because the BBC was obviously perceived as a target. So we filmed this comedy show in front of the the crew. There were 15 people there, and we were all trying to do gags and stuff on that day. It was very, very weird. Very weird environment. Have we got any Texas? Yeah, we have. Uh, Peter in Warmer Green's thought of the uh, contribution he makes um, as a 75-plusser who's now obviously um, sponging. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he says, 50 years of a plus of paying the licence to keep you going. Have that, says Peter. Oh, I say. Just one second. We, the, you, know, uh, you know what we've declared? We've had war declared upon us. Yeah, by the uh, nuisance bikers. Well, you know, it, 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 Scott points out, rightly so, that that kid is being carried on the shoulders of all his friends across beds, hards and bugs this morning. He is a legend. <laughs> Forever. Which kid? This kid. Oh, hang on a minute. The computer's not working. Catch me if you can. Yeah, you know that that guy is now. He is a player. Catch me if you can. Yeah, he's their Robin Hood. Isn't he though? Isn't he? Oh, you little terror. Oh, I'll slap his legs. I won't, officer. Will Ringo Starr's son says Julie Rinluton went to my school in Slough, so I used to see uh, Ringo very much, and I knew him as Rin. Why do you know him as Ring Rin and not Ring? I don't know. You can't you can't short, shorten Ringo to r- Rin. That's Rin Tin Tin. No, they must mean Ring. Licensed Victuallers is the school posh. Got knocked down, I think. I think they built a Tesco there. Is that what LVS stands for? Yeah, Licensed Victuallers School, yeah. Yeah. They uh, I think they built a Tesco if it's where I think it was. Twas near the train station, I think it was. I don't know. Maybe. I saw Ringo Starr at the Chelsea Flower Show and he was with and he winked at me. And he was with Barbara. Oh. And she's the most amazing looking yeah. woman I've ever seen in yeah, my life. She yeah, is yeah. like a marble. Sculpture. Can I just say that I, I, this this admiration for Ringo from me, no tongue in cheek. It's not... one. It's one hundred percent. I'm just worried the listeners might think, oh, he's, he's doing a thing and he's having taken the the piece. Not at all. One hundred percent. Ringo Starr. My Beatles. Favorite Beatles in order. George. In reverse order. Oh. John at four. At four. Really, I like John. Oh. Paul at three. Oh. Ringo at two. George at one. That's that's the Beatles, guys. I like right. Here's, huh? here's my reverse, right? Paul at four. Yeah. Oh come I'd on. Do without Paul. Oh no, you couldn't do without yeah, Paul. Yeah, could. You couldn't. It's plum. Paul, 
Oh. Ringo. Sorry, Ringo. Happy birthday. Ringo at three. Mm-mm. John. Overrated. John Lennon. Oh, boy. Oh, we are saying. It's put some clothes on you, hippie, no. and get out of that sack. And I'll... by sack, I mean literal sack or bed if he's in Amsterdam. I like his surly attitude. I can identify. And one, George. George, George, George. Adorable. Ador- Curious George. No, it's a cartoon bear, isn't it? Or a monkey. It's or a monkey. Um, right, 03459 555 555 is the uh, telephone number. Catch me if you can. Oh, and boy, we'll catch you. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, usual delays on the M1 now. South of Luton towards Junction 9, Redbourne is looking slow on the southbound side. Just be aware that the northbound M1 in Northamptonshire is closed this morning between Junction 16 and 18. Northampton West all the way up to Rugby after an accident late last night. They're having to resurface the M1 in Northamptonshire and it's going to be closed until around noon, we're now being told. There's a queue from 15A, that's the uh, toaster and Northampton services turn. Long delays also on the diversion route. M25 anti-clockwise is slow, 24 to 20. 23 towards South Mims. Usual congestion then from the M1 on and off all the way down to the M40 Junction 16. Looking busy also on the A41 southbound at Kings Langley towards the M25 and very heavy into London on the A1 between the Holiday Inn and Stirling Corner. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Suck my kiss. Catch me if you can. 7.15, it is a Tuesday, the 7th of July, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Services will be held today to mark 10 years since the London bombings when four suicide bombers travelled from Luton Station to kill 52 people in the capital. Two Buckinghamshire men have been convicted at the Old Bailey of drugs offences following the death of a High Wycombe bodybuilder three years ago. And a cricket club in Houghton Regis say they've had enough and could move out of the town to escape nuisance motorbikes invading their pitch. The BBC Trust is the governing body of the BBC. Right now, it would like your thoughts on BBC Local Radio and local news on TV. Saki and Lee. It's all part of a review to make sure you're getting the very best service and value for money from the BBC here in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Share your views by filling out the questionnaire at bbc.co.uk slash trust. Or to receive a copy in the post, call free on 08000 680 This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. 03459 555 555 is the uh, telephone number. Um, if you want to give us a call, there must, must be something wrong with the internet because I've been tweeting and tweeting Ringo Starr for the last hour and a half. He no reply, he no phone up radio show. Which, that, which can only mean there is some, the computers are broken here. Hey, is it raining? Look at that, and it's gone dark. It's gone dark, and I think it's raining. I'm wearing a T-shirt for the first time in, like, 20 years. I'm glad I brought my coat, though. I did think I'm going to need a coat, and um, oh, I don't know where it is. Uh, it's a coat somewhere. If you see a coat somewhere, odds are um, it's mine. 03459 is the uh, telephone number. Here's something... Interesting. I oh, will do that. Um, uh, we'll do that in a second. Hang on, we'll go to that in a second. Let's do this first of all. Uh, the the we talked about this problem from time. To, I'll talk about the enemy in a second. It's going free because no one's buying it. You know why? Because it's rubbish. Because it hasn't got Mr. Angry in it. 
Um, it's a problem that simply won't go away. Off-road motorbikes in Dunstable and Houghton Regis. It all started last year when local cricket team, the Houghton Chargers, came to us for help keeping them off their pitch long enough to bowl an in- innings. Well, after getting local MP Andrew Salou involved, it looked like everything was sorted. But now the bikers are back. And, um, well, they're saying this. Catch me if you can. Yeah, that's actually one of them. Andrew Salou, uh, local MP, joins me now. Morning, Andrew. Good morning. They're, this this is one of those little so-and-sos. Catch me if you can. Um, they're, they're sticking two fingers up at everybody. Well, what I want to see is more bikes uh, impounded and um, crushed. And um, these people bought brought to justice. Um, I'm going to be meeting Gavin Hughes-Rowlands, our local chief inspector, again at the end of the week. I will raise this with him again. Uh, he did come on your programme not so long ago after they'd done a very good Operation Meteor exercise when they'd, I think, captured a number of bikes. And um, I want to see if that happening again and regularly until we get on top of the problem. The cricketers, I mean, this is how it kind of started for us. Uh, it, it had been, you know, they thought it had been sorted, that they could just play a game of cricket. They're a really good, I'm not a fan of cricket, but I've seen the stats. They're a really good local cricket team. They're all keen enthusiasts. Um, and it's it, it's going on again. What happened to, to the CCTV and the, the extra security? Did that ever get put in place? Well, there was extra police presence last year, which Mm. which did sort the problem out. Um, I've had one contact from the cricket team so far this year, and I I immediately raised it with the police. I haven't heard back from them recently, so I wasn't aware there was still an ongoing problem. But if any of them are listening, and it's bad, if they'd like to get back in touch with me, as I said, I'm seeing Bedfordshire Police again this Friday, um, so I'll, I'll tell them what's happening and try to make sure that future games don't have problems. Yeah, we'll, we'll speak to Aziz, who's one of the cricketers that we spoke to. Um, there's this weird kind of, I don't know if it's a law or if it's just a self-imposed rule by the police, that they can't, if if some, if they see someone riding an off-road bike and that person isn't wearing a helmet, they're not allowed to chase them, which to me seems crazy. Well, I'll certainly look into that. Um, I just wonder what's the real basis of that, if it's a health and safety concern or if it's actually a law or if it's just sort of guidance as far as the police are are concerned. But um, I'll certainly raise that with the police because um, they're being a danger to themselves, let alone anyone else, if they're going around without a, a, a helmet. So I think you can make a good argument that it would be absolutely the right thing to do to uh, to try and stop them there and then. Andrew, say that, Kath, what, what is it you've got there? Well, I've got the match report. Amptel uh, Town Cricket Club uh, played the Houghton Chargers this weekend. Uh, and we've got the report here, and it's mentioned in the report what happened with the bikes. It says, um, by now we'd stopped noticing the motorbikes as the smell of weed floated up from another group of youngsters at fine leg, allowing Casley and Blunty to fire their rhythm at the away team sniffed a chance. Knock them down, shouted Smith as they attempted run out. OK, so we all giggled as the chemicals began to take effect. I mean, it, apparently oh. it, they were all over the, the pitch all the way through that match and um, it was a pain. Hang on a second. It says here, uh, 40cc motorbikes entering the arena to delight us with their wheelies in the outfield, impressing us all greatly. I mean, it sounds like they were a proper pain. Well, that's absolutely appalling, isn't it? Um, uh, absolutely unacceptable. Um, I, I'm really, really angry and cross to hear that and um, I will... I will find out the dates of their next home mm. games and uh, try to make sure that the police make sure that that doesn't happen 
again. Um, being able to carry on playing cricket is absolutely in Houghton Regis or anywhere else for that matter is absolutely non-negotiable as far as I'm concerned, and I'm, I'm not going to let any group of young hooligans stop that happening. Andrew, I always appreciate your time on this, and it's always good to talk, because I know you do take this very, very seriously, and you're not just paying us lip service. So um, thanks very much for your time, and uh, let's just keep our fingers crossed again. Yeah, and perhaps you could ask Aziz to let me know the dates of the next home matches, and then I'll, I can make sure, uh, we'll ask the police to uh, make sure they have a great presence. All right, Andrew, we shall do that. Thank you very much indeed. Andrew Salou, and it's... Um... You know, he's he's a good MP to have on board for something like this because he'll come on, he'll talk to us, and he'll, he he takes it very very seriously. All that stuff you said he'll do, he'll go and do. You know, sometimes you get people coming on, councillors or MPs, going, "Well, yeah, I'll look into this, and I'm going to fire off a a strong email." Uh, Andrew says he's going to go and talk to people. He'll go and talk to people. Thank you very much indeed. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ian Lee, you're an idiot. So my boys <laughs> like um, playing with, they, they say, Daddy, can we play with the Echo? And what I do is uh, I add uh, a, little, uh, a little delay and um, then you get stuff like this. Clip that, clip that, clip that. Clip this, that. Is, this was their favourite, number seven. Where's me Woody? Where's me Woody? Where's me Woody? Which is, Where's and the Woody? boys are in hysterics when we play that. But now their new favourite is this one, okay? T, button T on my computer. And it's quite disturbing and unpleasant. We had 20 minutes of this. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. 20 minutes of that. Isn't that macabre? Gosh, if that's a happy day, I'd hate to hear I a mean, miserable one. It's just. Happy day, happy day, happy day. It really is. <laughs> My boys are weirdos. Speaking of weirdos, I'm only joking. It's Pat in Houghton Regis. Morning, Pat. Morning, Ian. What you got for us, boss? Well, I heard Andrew. He is a fine MP, but uh, when I heard his last comment, we need a greater presence when they're playing cricket for the police to turn up. No, we need a greater presence each and every night, each yeah. and every early evening. Um, last night... Uh, I had three surrounding me as they passed my vehicle in front of all the CCTV cameras on the high street. Um, I had one shoot across me. I had two later on in the evening, firing past me, probably about 60, 70 miles an hour. And these were off-road motorcycles. Then I spotted three, uh, two motorscooters and a motorbike that looked legal. Everyone with helmets on, the learner plates on, one without a learner plate going onto the footpath to make a shortcut home over on Parkside. So it's not only illegal motorcyclists, it's the actual legal ones as well doing the same similar things. What's going on with these bikers? Um, well, yeah, you know, I don't know. We saw them in Dunstable the other day in the car park here, at the back here, and um, I, I know our reporter Tony Fisher... Well, Tony Fisher filmed it, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a very funny film. Because he filmed them going up, ragging around on their motorbikes, going up and down. And you, you can almost um, feel the kids saying... Catch me if you can. Um, but uh, well, <laughs> he obviously didn't want to get a kicking, rightfully so, as he's an old man, Tony. So whenever the motorbikes got too close, he pretended he was filming a kid's football match. Which is OK. Which apparently is OK. So it's a funny... I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny because when the motorbikes are in the distance, he's filming them. And then when they get closer, he starts filming... <laughs> he turns the camera away. Surely that would be weirder, wouldn't it? That would be weird. Pat, I don't know, mate. I just don't know. Um, it's a tough one, isn't it? 
Well, no, it isn't. The councillors and council officers have fine CCTV footage available to them. If people like me rung into the council and said, look, we saw them at this time, look at your cameras, provide the evidence to the well, police... Did you ring in? I'm ringing in this morning, the council. Beautiful. There's no point ringing the police, because you ring the police and the answer you get is... What do you want us to do about it? Here's Where the thing, are they though. Now? Here's the thing, right? I, I, my suggestion would be ring the police and ring the council because if, if the police don't get the phone calls, they say it's not being reported. So they think that the problem has been solved. Whereas if they keep getting the phone calls, and even if they do kind of mug you off a bit, if they keep getting the phone calls, if, if everybody phones them, then their official record, and you say, I want to report this, their official records will say, well, we had 20 reports last Thursday and then we had 60 reports on Saturday... They will have to say that. If no one phones it and reports it, well, don't get reported. And here's the thing, Pat, and I'm sure you're already doing this. Note down the times and dates that you're doing, that you're reporting them. I've got them. I've had them on camera before now. The police said, oh, we're coming out and and look at it and they don't bother. Have you got a written record of your phone calls? Written record of I think, you know... No, but that's what I mean. So you can say to them, well, I know for sure I phoned you on this date at this time if you want to check it back. You know, I think that you just need to have as much... Um, information in your armoury as possible. Pat, listen, thank you very much. Uh, Jamie's in Luton. Morning, Jamie. Morning, mate. So you see a little so-and-so riding past on his motorbike. He flips you the Vs, he shouts... Catch me if you can. What are you going to do about it? Well, me as a general person of the public, there's nothing I can do because I'll be prosecuted and he wouldn't, would he? No, right, OK. But they are filling up in the petrol station in Sunderland Park, right under the camera. Say that again. uh, There's a petrol station in Sunderland Park. Yeah. Um, and they pull in there, obviously no helmets on, nothing. Six or seven of them, and the go- obviously the garage attendant's just going to let them fill up, and the camera's there right in front of them. So why aren't they getting these people by now? Uh, well, it's, well, I, uh, I, do you know what? I guess it's down to resources and priorities. Uh, I, I'm going to make up a little bit here. It's down to resources and priorities. Pat was saying he wants to see more coppers out and about. They ain't got the money. And I guess... Mm-hmm. until somebody gets seriously injured, and I know there have been a couple of incidents of, of, of car-on-bike action and vice versa, until someone gets seriously injured, I would imagine the police are going, yeah, and do you know what? We've got finite resources. We're trying to catch, you know, rapists and murderers. Mm-hmm. I'm, not just, agree, I'm not justifying someone, someone that. Get, someone will get injured because the, where the, there's a zebra crossing there... Yeah. And they don't stop for it. So there's people like mums and dads walking across there with the children. They don't stop. They just carry on going. Yeah. Jamie, mm-hmm. um, what should 75-year-olds and plus give back to the BBC now that we're giving them free TV licences? That's a good question. It's a good question, isn't it? It is. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it, though? They should give us some of their pension. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. 03459 555. All right, 75-year-olds. All right, 75-year-olds. We'll have to do them afterwards. Um, You're getting your free TV licences. What are you going to give us in return? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, checking the M1 on the sensors, southbound at Toddington Services looking slow, also very busy uh, in patches from Luton down towards Redbourne. Northbound M1 in Northamptonshire is closed this morning between junctions 16 and 18 after a serious accident late last night. Resurfacing work's underway, closure's going to be in until around noon. There's a queue from 15A toaster in Northampton Services and delays on the diversion route if you're heading up into Northamptonshire. M25 anti-clockwise is slow moving from junctions 21 to 16, that's the M1 
one all the way around to the M40. And uh, it's very busy actually, just spotted into Clop Hill, the A507 westbound, slow moving on the uh, speed sensors. A1 into uh, London, very busy through Boreham Wood, heading down towards uh, Stirling Corner. And as for trains, uh, a good service with no reported delays. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you, James. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30. I'm Simon Oxley. Events will be held across London today to mark 10 years since the 7-7 bombings. Four suicide bombers, including Jermaine Lindsay from Aylesbury, met at Luton Station before travelling to the capital and killing 52 people on three underground trains and a bus. Two Buckinghamshire men have been convicted at the Old Bailey of drugs offences following the death of a High Wycombe bodybuilder three years ago. And a cricket club in Houghton Regis say they've had enough and could move out of the town to escape nuisance motorbikes invading their pitch. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Andy Murray is through to the Wimbledon quarterfinals after beating Ivo Karlovic in four sets. Roger Federer is also through, but number one seed Novak Djokovic resumes later today at two sets all against the South African Kevin Anderson. Djokovic recovered from two sets down before bad light ended play last night. Murray was relieved to see off his giant opponent. Because of his height, obviously, people don't try to lob him loads, so he can sometimes get quite close to the net um, by using the lob that and some successful ones that made him kind of back off the net a little bit so then I was able to use some some angles on the passing shots and yeah that worked well. Watford's record signing Etienne Capu says Hornets goalkeeper Herelio Gomez told him to join the club. The two were teammates at Spurs with French international Capu yesterday sealing a move thought to be worth in the region of £5.5 million. But Hungarian international Daniel Toja has announced he's leaving Vicarage Road. And Luton play a friendly this evening on their pre-season training trip to Portugal. Rory McIlroy looks set to miss next week's Open Golf Championship after rupturing an ankle ligament playing football. He's already, already withdrawn from this week's Scottish Open. Ian Poulter says it's a blow. It's sad to see him potentially miss the Open and even more a couple couple of other big tournaments after that as well. So there are some other great players in the world that I'm sure are going to step up to the plate. But, you know, we wish him a speedy recovery. I mean, he is world number one. He's done a great job leading from the front up there and hopefully he can heal that ankle very quickly and come back. British heavyweight Tyson Fury will fight Vladimir Klitschko for the Ukrainians' world heavyweight titles in Germany on October the 24th. And Britain's Chris Froome leads the Tour de France after finishing second on stage three, which was marred by two bad crashes. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at eight. Did anyone die in the crashes? Uh, no, but they, somebody fractured their spine, which was quite nasty. OK, so I'm just wondering how flippant I can be about it. What would your, what would your professional uh, opinion think, be? I think you might get away with it. OK, yeah. so you say that it was marred by two bad crashes. Mm-hmm. Surely it could only have been improved by two crashes. <laughs> well, it did make for quite interesting viewing last night. Um, you, you, you were going, ooh, ooh, and a lot of, you know, a lot of ooh and ah, but um, yeah, I think you can be, you know... You can be reasonably flippant with it. Thank you, Simon. I'm sure they don't think that. Thank you. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, I don't... Um, my father-in-law is a cyclist. He, he cycled a section of the Tour de France and it just looks like, you know, flipping hard work. 
Um, catch me if you can. Well, someone who tried to catch them, didn't try and catch them. He filmed um, some naughty cyclists, motorcyclists, in the uh, BBC Three Counties radio car park. But he filmed them in, it, well, it can only be described as, um, I would say, a cowardly way, Catherine. Covert. Co- well, he filmed them from a distance. From a distance, everyone <laughs> is tough. Uh, and then when they got nearer, he then turned the camera onto some young lads playing football. Because that's not weird. That's not weird, is it, Tony Fisher? Hang on a second. Correction. <laughs> Correction one. I was uh, filming them from a, a safe point uh, behind my car. <laughs> uh, then why did you the bottle it every time they came near you? What? Why did you bottle it every time they came near you? Well, um, one of them gave me rather a rude hand gesture. And he shouted, Catch me if you can. Uh, he didn't shout, but... Um, yeah, no, and the reason uh, I was filming the people playing football is because I was trying to follow the um, the mopeds. Now, I know why you were... What? What? I know why you were filming the football, because every time... that I've seen the film. Every yeah. time the mopeds came near you, you got scared, and that's a human reaction. They had done a hand gesture. Well, they... I, think, I think credit where it's due. I'm At least you... I filmed them. I'm giving you credit. You were, you were on the scene, and you I filmed them. I was on the scene, you know, I thought, right, fast-thinking reporter like I am. What? I can I tell from this conversation. Out yes. And I filmed them. Yeah, no, we know you filmed Despite them. Despite the rude hand gesture, the dangerous hand gesture. Which you hand know, gesture was it? Was it, the co- was it the coffee beans? What? Was it the coffee beans? You know the... No. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, yes, it was, it was the coffee beans, basically, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. OK. But you know, you know there's a playground at the end of that car park, right? Well, no, hang on. Did you film that? No, no hang on. There's a playground with very young children yeah. skateboarding and Yes, yeah, a skate park, yeah. And there's a... Yeah, and then there's, you know, these three guys uh, yeah. on one on a big dirt bike, two on those little yeah. moped things. I saw the video. Yeah. I'm not well, condoning their behaviour. I'm praising you. I'm just right, well, I'm saying, Tony, that I, when, you, when they came near you, you then started filming the football because you didn't want to look like you were filming them. Bravely. Mm, yeah, no, I was trying to follow them, actually. I was trying to follow them. But then how come there are huge chunks? The that, camera, there are huge think. chunks when they come near you and you're not film, your camera's not, deliberately not pointing at them? No, I film, I film the guy going past me. Uh, but then I did put the camera down quite swiftly. <laughs> and then I got in the car. I'm not knocking you for it, Tony. I, I wouldn't have even got my camera out. I would have sat in the car uh, crying like a baby until they'd gone. <laughs> I'm, I'm not knocking you at all. You're, you're a braver man than me, Gunga Din. Yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't want to stand right in the middle, head on. Because I didn't no, think that, that would be appropriate. That would have been a bit of. That would yeah, have been. that would have been a bit of. Uh, then I think I might have got more than the coffee gesture. Well, then I, I tell you what, we'll have more from inside the reporter's mind. Same time next week, Tony. <laughs> Ta-ta. <laughs> that is a professional, just. No, he's let himself down. He's let the BBC down. Disgraceful behaviour. Hey, he's, no. He's a, yes. he's a tough guy. Where was your video, no. Joss? Well, well, no, I didn't uh, do a video. No, I'll tell you what I did. I went and spoke to them. Have some of that. Yeah, okay, and they I'll said... Catch me if you can. You could have caught yeah, exactly. him. He was there. Yeah, well... Catch I me if you can. To. Citizen's <laughs> arrest. You should have done a citizen's arrest. The CA. Do, do people actually do that still Yeah, of course days? they do. No. Uh, it's, normally, it's normally miserable old men who are doing yeah. it on shoplifters. But I've, yeah, seen, I've, no, I've seen it on soaps. I've never seen it in reality. But, you, but it happens. Have you been arrested ever? Well, no, I haven't, no. Well, you've never seen that in reality, but we know it happens. Well, I've seen people arrested. I haven't been arrested myself, but have, I've seen people have arrested. You ever, seen... Have you ever seen a shark in real life? 
Uh, have I? No. How do you know they're real? Because I've seen, <laughs> I've seen TV documentaries. Yeah, I, well, no, no, I've seen TV programs about um, aliens coming and inserting probes yeah. in every, and I mean every orifice. It yeah. doesn't mean that those things are actually real. Well, so all I'm saying is I've never seen a citizen's arrest. I've never seen that personally. That's all I'm saying. Okay, well, you've I'm never not, seen, I'm not talking about you've, sharks. You've never seen a shark personally, but yet <laughs> you still believe in sharks. So why don't you believe in citizen's arrests? Well, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it does happen somewhere. I've just never seen it myself. Hey, Justin, did you go? on a ghost walk last night? I, I did, and I don't really want to talk about that. Why? Because they don't exist, or...? No, no, because some people on, on that trip last night I don't think were believers. They were there for the fun, and I thought when I got there, I thought it was going to kick off. Um, oh. Those sort of people don't interest me. <laughs> you Non-believers don't interest you? No. Then what are you doing hanging out with us, then? Because we all... I get, I get paid for it, boss. <laughs> See. Hey, happy birthday, Ringo Starr. Yes. 75 years old today. Geezer. Well done. Geezer, on, geezer. You've mm. taken Ringo to the streets. I have, and uh, Ringo Starr, absolute legend. Uh, the me? streets are buzzing for Ringo this morning. Uh, here's my tribute to Ringo reaching the fine age of 75. Well, Ringo made it look easy. He joined the Beatles in the summer of 1962, writing classics like this along the way. I like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. When the Beatles split, his solo career kicked in, proving he was the real deal. Back off Boogaloo, a fine turntable hit of its time. I'm the greatest! And you better believe it, baby! And if ever there was proof that he was the greatest, he even sung about himself being the greatest. So to the streets this morning we go, here's what people had to say. Ali, you know we don't come easy. Happy birthday. So Ringo 75 today, what's your reaction? Well, Ringo Starr. Amazing person from the Beatles. It's where music started, it's where it's ended. Oh, really? It's where it started and where it ended? Sure it's is. As big as that? Big as that. All these other bands, Oasis, everyone, Arctic Monkeys, everyone just came from the Beatles. Okay. Ringo's listening to this right now. What would you like to say to him? Happy birthday, Ringo. Loving your vibe. Thank you. Happy birthday, Ringo, with love from everybody at Three Counties Radio. You absolute legend. Right, put that in a, whatever format we use now that we don't use audio boot, and we're going to send that to Ringo. We're sending yeah. that to the yes. man himself. My favourite yeah. Ringo song is uh, from the White Album. It took him five years. In 1963, he was asked if he was ever going to write a song. He said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm working on a song now called Don't Pass Me By. Mm. In 1968... They released the song, Don't Pass Me By. It's got one of the best uh, lines of any rock song. Just, indu just indulge me a second, Justin, please. Okay, Hang on a okay. second. The line about a car crash is just wonderful. Hang on. Here we go. The line about a car crash. I listen for your footsteps coming up the drive. Listen for your footsteps, but they don't arrive. Waiting for you knock, dear, on my old front door. I don't hear it. Does it 
Here it comes, one of the greatest rock lines of all time. Don't make me cry. I'm sorry that I doubted you. I was so unfair. You were in a car crash and you lost your head. I'm sorry that I doubted you. I was so unfair. You were in a car crash and you lost your hair. I mean, what a story of tragedy, Dealey. Wow, wow. Tragedy. Absolutely. Tragedy. Oh, is there something there? I once didn't see a boyfriend for the whole summer holiday because I had a cold sore. Ladies and gentlemen. So I feel her pain. How did you get that cold sore? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Justin, there's a good, for, the, uh, for the last hour, yeah, interesting yeah. story uh, in uh, the papers about um, the England football team. The, mm. what, what do we call them? What's the Lionesses. The, what do we call them? The Lionesses, OK? Yes. Um, the FA. Right, FIFA and, and FA and UEFA, they're, they're always getting blasted for, for being a little bit out of step with the for rest of the world. being old fellas who are out of touch. Mm. Right, the F, now, I, I think I know what your opinion's going to be, but I'm going to put this to you anyway, right? Okay. So the FA tweeted yesterday about the England women's football team, okay? The tweet said, Our hashtag lionesses go back to being mothers, partners and daughters today, but they've taken on another title, Heroes. Your thoughts, please, D. Lee. <laughs> well, I think that is so patronising, that tweet. Wow, is, wow I thought no, you'd think it's fair enough. If no, no, not, not at all. That, that is absolutely hideous, that tweet. If uh, yeah, saying it's sexist and it's patronising, man alive, it must be awful. No, it's a terrible thing to say. Awful. A sexist tweet from the FA appalled fans as England's heroines yesterday chatted home from the Women's World Cup. It read as they landed at Heathrow after a bettering, bettering any men's team since 1966. Our lionesses go back to being mothers, partners and daughters. Uh, whoever well done, wrote girls. That. And you've got ovaries too. Well done. I mean, what? for heaven's sake. Daily, do what us a favour. Can you yeah. Take, yeah, yeah, what an I, I do did it. Um, uh, the crest yeah, salute was removed amid outrage. Twitter users blah, 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 venting their fury. Um, I don't know. Can you take it to the streets, Just? Oh, I will do. Absolutely. Of course I will it's do. No page problem. 19 of the Sun. Dealey, thank you very much. Speak to you later on. 03459 555555. I mean, of all the things in all the world that you could possibly tweet, that one's pretty dumb, isn't it? Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Well, on the M25, anti-clockwise is queuing from junction 21, the M1, all the way down to junction 16, so usual delays on the anti-clockwise carriageway. Also looking quite busy, actually, anti-clockwise towards 23 South Mims, and uh, it's also very busy on the southbound A1M towards the M25 on the sensors. Usual congestion passing Stevenage on the southbound A1M, and the M1's very heavy south of uh, Toddington Services, actually, on and off down to 9 Redbourne. The M1 in Northamptonshire is closed this morning. Northbound M1 shut between 16 and 18 uh, for a surfacing work after a serious accident late last night and uh, it's going to be closed until midday. Queues from 15, also delays on the A5. Plenty of drivers, I think, using the A5 north of Milton Keynes uh, up towards uh, uh, the Toaster and Weedon Beck area causing uh, delays on the A5 this morning. And uh, as for trains, a good service. No reported problems uh, currently. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you, James. 7.46, it's Tuesday the 7th of July. I'm Ian Lee and I'm not in tomorrow. Services will be held today to mark 10 years since the London bombings when four suicide bombers travelled from Luton Station to kill 52 people in the capital. Two Buckinghamshire men have been convicted at the Old Bailey of drugs offences following the death of a High Wycombe bodybuilder three years ago. And a cricket club in Houghton Regis says they have had enough and could move out of the town after nuisance motorbikes again invaded their pitch at the weekend. Let's get the weather! Oh no, hang on a second. Oh, this flipping system really is a load of old guff, isn't it? Ah, let's try again. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We've had one or two outbreaks of rain so far this morning and they still continue. Lots of cloud around as well, but eventually the rain should die away and then we'll see some breaking of the clouds. Still some cloud this morning, though, but this afternoon we should get some sunny spells. Uh, bit breezy as well, southwesterly breeze, so it is feeling a little bit cooler. We're looking at a maximum of 22 Celsius. Sunsets at 21.21. And the clouds going to increase again overnight, I should say. However, before that point, the cloud disappears for this evening. So we've got some really nice evening sunshine, nice end to the day. But then overnight, the cloud comes back with some outbreaks of rain. But that helps to keep things reasonably mild. 12, 13 Celsius the minimum. Sunrises at 04.52. The breeze still with us tomorrow. Still very cloudy. One or two showers and it's going to feel cooler still maximum temperature 20 celsius but it ends there it does improve as we head through thursday more sunshine and the heat gradually returns we could get up to 25 by the time we get to friday afternoon and that's your forecast Every weekday morning. One partially closed and the other didn't operate at all. I have contacted other companies who do it professionally and they said it should have been anchored down. The JVS Show. It was looked over by the garage and they told me do not move the vehicle anywhere. It's a complete death trap. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. I'm getting nowhere. I've tried on numerous occasions to talk to the manager of this company. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.com. Co.uk. So they said, we're going to contact the customer, we're going to have a chat, and we're going to make a, a gesture to that customer. And we could do the same for you. Without your programme, I don't know what you'd do in the morning. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine, on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, do you remember that um, dopey lollipop man who, um, he's, he's got the kids crossing the road. Have I got this right? He's got the kids crossing the road, then a fire engine turns up with all the sirens and the lights going, and instead of, you know, I don't know, getting the kids out of the way and stopping them crossing the road, he carries on letting them cross and he stops the fire engine. He puts his hand up and stops the fire engine. What a plum! And the, and the uh, firemen had to get out of the engine and get him to f- physically move along. They had to pull him off, didn't they? 
They had to usher him along. Yeah, exactly. So he's on the road. They have to pull him off. Unbelievable scenes. What a plum. Well, um, a new lollipop man has started to work there. Ten weeks after the last one um, got the boot. People living near the William Austin Junior School on St Ethelbert Avenue had complained it was taking too long to replace him. Well, one of those is former lollipop lady, and let's be honest, our eyes and ears there, uh, Jackie Britton. Morning, Jackie. Good morning, Ian. Morning. It's, it's nice to talk to you. We should go out for lunch one day. I feel like I know you so well now. We keep talking. We have to. Yeah, we do. <laughs> well, we will do. You can pay. Um, yeah. with tough, tough times for the BBC. <laughs> uh, I know. The, the, when did this... Lo- is it a lollipop man or a lady? It's a man. I only noticed him yesterday when right. we go out shopping. It was about, I don't know, about quarter to nine, ten to nine. And I noticed a man there. But he wasn't being supervised, which mean, it makes me think... That he's like a standby one. Oh well, that, what, 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 would would someone normally be supervised? Who'd be supervising? Yeah, when they uh... first start, when they first start, when a lollipop person oh. starts on any any site and starts the job for three or four days, they have the supervisor oh. out with them just to give them little pointers and make sure they're okay. Who lollipops the lollipop man? That's enjoy- well, uh, what, what pointers do they need? Uh, well, basically, how to stand in the middle of the road with their arms flayed out and the pole one-sided, which way to go out, you know, when right, to go out, right. when it's safe, um, how to usher the kids off off the pavement onto the other side, make sure they're all, you know, cross the road and on the pavement before they leave the road. Yeah. Um, safety issues, really. I know yeah. it seems a bit silly, you think, well, anybody can do it, but it, it does take, well, what should I say, common sense, really, just common sense. Oh, and isn't, they... it, isn't it surprising how many people don't have common sense, though, Jackie? Well, <laughs> isn't it, though? Um, so you think that this is probably that this could possibly be a stopgap? Probably a standby, which is good. I mean, the site's being covered, and at the end of the day, myself and all those parents and children are now going to be crossing the road safely. Mm. But I don't think they've got actually got somebody to do it. You know, as a regular, if you like, you know, somebody that's um, going to be employed to do that site. Have you had a chance to? Have you spoken to any of the parents or heard heard any of them talking about it? No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't actually spoken to anybody. I, haven't st- I don't stand out there. <laughs> it, you know, it sounds like I do, but I don't. <laughs> you're like, you're like, um, are you like my mum? My mum, um, bless her, was uh, uh, when she lived at home. She was what we used to call in the olden days a curtain twitcher, and well, she would I constantly. I'd have to be called that now, wouldn't I? Yeah. Oh no, and it's not. But I, I think it's a dying art—the art of looking out the window and knowing exactly what's going on. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm looking after everybody, really, aren't yeah. I? Oh, no, exactly. Yeah, you know, I used to think that my mum was a nosy old so-and-so, but now, now I'm the same. I'm go- Oh, what's she doing at number 32? I don't like that new car. <laughs> Jackie, listen, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and thanks for keeping keeping us informed, and let us know if anything else happens. I will, Ian. Now, hopefully it won't. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that's it now, Jackie. Thank you very much indeed. I like her a lot. What a nice lady. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Has anyone ever um, pretended to be a lollipop person? Why would you do that? You mean for fun? For um, oh. S&Gs. Well, um, I'm sure they have. Just, you know, because you get people... You get that fella that goes around, like, where is it, like Bristol or Brighton or... Uh, pretends to be like the Batman. Mm-hmm. And he solves... He, he, he doesn't solve crimes, but if he, stops, if he sees someone dropping litter, he'll go and, you know, batter them. Oh, which is... Um, probably frowned upon. No, I think it's great. I think more people should dress up as superheroes and batter people. Tell them about that other person who took offence at someone dropping litter. Oh, yeah, this was weird. This made me really uncomfortable. And I'm making up part of the story, okay? because I didn't see the first half. Otherwise, it would have just been an out-and-out act of aggression. Yeah, so what I saw was, and then I'll work backwards and tell you what what I think most people would have made up, is I saw, you know you get these parents, it's usually mums, but sometimes it's dads, in Lycra, 
and um, they've got a buggy. Three-wheeler. They're just showing off. They've got like a sports buggy and they've got a baby in it and they're going for a run because, uh, yeah, even though I've got a baby, I can still keep fit. I can still work on my glutes. I'll work on that. Uh, and so he was obviously out for a run, like Radad's. Uh, he could do with losing a few pounds, actually. And um, all I saw was, as I turned the corner, I've been following this black Volkswagen. I remember this black Volkswagen very carefully, because specifically because it had been driving quite slowly in front of me and had been annoying me. Anyway, I caught up with it, and I saw this dad hold it. He had some rubbish in his hand, and with, with quite an aggressive move, he tossed it into the car through the passenger front passenger's window. Wow. So I make up, of course, that the, the, the someone in the car had thrown the rubbish out and he'd got angry and had done that. Um, and the rubbish never came back out. That rubbish stayed in that car. Now, it made me uncomfortable because this guy was, A, quite aggressive, and B, let's be honest, he was a bit of a knob dressed up like that. He was really, really. Um, but then part of me, well, I don't know, it left me feeling violated. You felt violated. I felt violated that I'd seen an act of aggression mm. like that. Mm. But he probably did the right thing. There might have been a more diplomatic way of handling it. Like what? You knock on the... you Passive aggression is what I'm saying. You knock on the window and say, excuse me, I think you've dropped something. There you go. And you hand it to them nicely rather than wrapping it round their face. <laughs> it made me uncomfortable. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Here we go. Um, guess what the nation's... Uh, well, this is a lie. Sorry, am I keeping you awake? You are, actually. Guess what the nation's favourite drink is, according to a survey? Tea. Co no. Coffee. No. Milk. No. Beer. Beer. No. Jack Daniels no. and Coke. Special brew. No. Cider. No. Spiced rum. No. What does it begin with? Um, Water. It begins with tea. Tea. Yeah. It's not, though. Tea. No, it begins with tea. It begins with tea. Tango. No. No, I haven't tango the nation's face. It's like saying Tizer. <laughs> yeah, you've Maybe got it right. Is it Tizer? Oh, shut up. No, it's not. I've got the eyes because I'm Isaac and Tizer. I was trying to think of um, a, a clever way of incorporating that slogan to do with ISIS and I couldn't, so I left oh, it. I wouldn't. I, yeah, probably best don't not to Don't give them ideas. There. They don't need any help with publicity. <laughs> Why am I spending my time coming up with advertising slogans for terrorists? I don't know. Um, anyone? Uh, Begins with T. T. No, yeah. Yeah. Begins with T. Anyone, guys? Because, you know, we're here I until... I can't think of any drink beginning with T for some reason. Let me give you a little clue. It begins with the letter T. There are two words. The first one begins with T. And it comes from a tap. Tap water. There we go. Let's, that's right. There we go. <laughs> or corporation pop. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, the tap water is the nation's favourite drink. No, it's not. It's, not. it's just the it's most just readily cheapest. available. It's the easiest. With bottles. Yeah, what's... OK. If tap water is the easiest drink, what's the hardest drink? Um, that's a, there we Pims, go. Pims, because you've got a slice of Pims. the cucumber. Pims is a tough old drink. Yeah. I don't really like it, but you feel obliged because they've gone to a lot of trouble. What's the... Um, it's got okay. salad floating in Let's it. do the <laughs> top five... Easy drinks. Okay. So at number one, it's tap water. Number two, I'm going to say a glass of cool milk. It's not easy for the cow. Well, how would you like it? I'm not. Um, I'm not talking about cows' udders. <laughs>
I've been that cow. It's not nice. What's the third easiest drink? Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. By the way, if you want to play squash. Oh, squash involves mixing. There's got to be more drinks that don't. It don't involve though. You just put it in the bottle. You just let the tap do the work. Not Lemonade. As easy, not as easy as it direct sounds, is from it? the bottle. Um, no, a beer when you just have to take off the lid. No, that's already we're getting into the realms of... That's the easiest no, it's process, not. though. And also, yeah, the easy. after effects are very, very complicated. Oh, it's oh with gosh. water. <laughs> you, you, with water and with milk, or the after effect is pee-pee. Maybe nausea if the milk is off. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. You know the human body can't drink more than, I'm going to say, four pints of milk in one go. Well, it ain't natural, is it? Who was the first pervert who looked at a it's, cow and thought, I'll have some of that? It's not natural for humans to drink no. milk. Who was the pervert who looked Please, at Please, Mummy, the... may I have some more? Let me suckle on your breasts. Yeah. But... Our own. Yeah, but you don't... Cats have milk. Do you suckle on them? You can milk a cat. This is a fact. This is a fact, and I know because I've done this as a phone-in before. You can milk a cat. What for? They're, they're, well, for cat milk. milk, of course. You never tasted cat cheese. 03459 455555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the M1 certainly very busy southbound at Toddington Services and then very busy south of Luton, Junction 10 towards 9, Redbourne. The northbound M1 is closed in Northamptonshire between Junction 16 and 18 for a surfacing after a serious accident last night. It's going to be closed until around midday. Queues start at 15. Just be aware there are long delays in patches on the A5 north of Milton Keynes through Toaster and up towards Weedon Beck on the diversion route. M25 anti-clockwise slow towards 23, the A1M. Very busy, usual delays from 21 all the way down to 16. Uh, the A1M itself is slow at Stevenage, busy into Boreham Wood, or through Boreham Wood rather, on the A1 into London. And uh, trains, they're okay with no reported delays. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you, James. That helps if I turn that on. So, so far on this morning's show, Ringo's birthday tributes. If you've ever met Ringo Starr or you have any stories to do with drumming, or your Pete Best, 03459 455 555. When's Pete's best? Pete Best birthday, who cares? If you want to do adverts for the BBC now that we're skint, and come on, you over 75-year-olds, what are you giving us in return for your free licences? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, 10 years since 7-7 bombings. Buckinghamshire men guilty after death of bodybuilder and nuisance bikers back at Bedfordshire cricket pitch. BBC Three Counties Radio. Events will be held across London today to mark 10 years since the 7-7 bombings. Four suicide bombers, including Jermaine Lindsay from Aylesbury, met at Luton Station before travelling to the capital and killing 52 people on three underground trains and a bus. More than 700 people were injured. Phil Duckworth from St Albans lost an eye. He was standing next to one of the bombers. Just after Liverpool Street, I get up and get to the door and I was I was stood at the door with my hand on the, the, the sort of partition and then there was a massive white flash uh, ringing in my ears. 
honestly, I just couldn't work out what was going on. I thought I'd fallen off the train and, and maybe got electrocuted or something like that. Two Buckinghamshire men have been convicted at the Old Bailey of conspiracy to produce and supply Class C steroids following the death of bodybuilder Sean Clitheroe in 2012. Mr Clitheroe died after taking the drug DNP at the Apollo gym in High Wycombe. It's an industrial chemical not suitable for human consumption. Peter Perkins from Hazelmere and Jason King from Great Missenden will be sentenced later this month. An inquiry has found that these six big energy companies have been overcharging their customers because of a lack of competition in the market. The report by the Competition and Markets Authority suggests households have been paying an average of about £50 a year too much for their gas, gas and electricity. It says reforms to simplify tariffs have not worked. A cricket club in Houghton Regis say they've had enough and could move out of the town to escape nuisance motorbikes invading their pitch. The Houghton Chargers play at the Village Green but have had persistent problems. The latest on Saturday when their match against Amptill was disrupted. MP Andrew Salou told this programme he's meeting with Bedfordshire Police again later this week. I will find out the dates of their next home Mm. games and uh, try to make sure that the police make sure that that doesn't happen Again, um, being able to carry on playing cricket is absolutely in Houghton Regis or anywhere else for that matter is absolutely non-negotiable as far as I'm concerned, and I'm, I'm not going to let any group of young hooligans stop that happening. Shops could open for longer on Sundays under plans to be set out by the Chancellor in tomorrow's budget. George Osborne will give elected mayors and councils the power to relax the laws locally. A new lollipop man has started work in Luton ten weeks after the last one was sacked for stopping a fire engine on its way to a 999 call. People living near the William Austin Junior School on St Ethelbert Avenue had complained it was taking too long to replace him. Luton Borough Council say the hiring process could not begin until a full investigation and disciplinary proceedings had been completed. In sport, Andy Murray is through to the Wimbledon quarterfinals after beating Ivo Karlovic in four sets, but number one seed Novak Djokovic resumes later today at two sets all against the South African Kevin Anderson. The weather, outbreaks of heavy rain this morning, becoming drier and brighter this afternoon, a maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. Like potato waffles, they're waffly versatile, they go with chips, fish fingers. A bit more enthusiasm, a bit more enthusiasm, Scoins. Enthusiasm, please, that's what the public wants, that's what it demands. <gasps> Never. Yes, it does. Good morning to you. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I love Big Bob. Oh, don't we all? Who doesn't? Doorbells. I know. Just feel like that's been underused this morning, so I've made up for it there. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, listen, have you got a fiver? i tell you why. BBC's screwed. No, I mean, technically, you know, money is too tight to mention. We're looking at other funding uh, revenue ideas... Maybe advertising is the way to go. I just... I don't know what it would sound like on the BBC. So if you want to phone up and do an advert, 03459 555555. Also, now that we're subbing the 75-year-olds and over, what can they give us in return?
And hats off to Ringo Starr. We celebrate and we salute Sir Ringo of Starrington. Peace and love, guys. Peace and indeed love. Across beds, hearts oh, and yeah. bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Now, look, let me just get this. Uh, the, the, Simon, I don't want to. I don't want to pwn you, Simon. Oh. But he sent in a, um, a, a tech. Can you see Simon Tech? I can see. He's talking about Paul McCartney. Read it. Read it, and I'll, I'll explain. Read it, and then you'll tell me why you think it's wrong, and then I'll tell you why you're both wrong. On this special day, I'm reminded of the story where McCartney was asked if Ringo was the best drummer in the world. No, replies Macca. In the voice. He's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. Now, tell me why you think that's wrong. I bet he didn't say that. Right. It's, 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 it's attributed to John Lennon, that quote. Yeah. yeah, and I bet he didn't say that. John Lennon didn't say it. Never got said. It was a joke. It was a joke uh, that a comedian did. It's been traced back to a co- comedian in the 80s doing it as a joke. Someone like Bobby Davro or something. Lennon never said it. And it's weird because it's now been attributed to him. You, you, you show me the interview or play me the audio of John Lennon saying it. He never said it. He never actually said it. I mean, he could be a nasty piece Thank of work, girls. John Lennon, but I can't imagine him stabbing his mate in the back he like that. He never actually said it. And I've just retweeted, I'm going to retweet it throughout the day, a great video of Dave Grohl and loads of other drummers playing on Ringo's drum kit and explaining why he is genuinely a brilliant drummer. He's a brilliant drummer. And all this, he had his own unique style and he was great. The other thing is you can hear that if you listen to the later stuff. Everyone focuses on the early stuff, which was really simple, but the guitar bits were really simple on the early stuff too. They were learning. Uh, Tony sends in an interesting text. What's this about? Mentioning the terrorist bombers left uh, for London from Luton. Why not say they left Aylesbury in Yorkshire? This has nothing to do with Luton. Lazy reporting. I'll mention Luton again as it's a hotbed of terrorists. I wondered why Luton... I mean, I obviously wasn't here when it, when it all happened. Because they were caught on CCTV. That's really kind of famous footage of them leaving Luton Station. But yeah, you're right. They weren't from Luton originally. No. But we I... didn't suggest that they were. No, no. All right. On the defensive. But, I like no, it. No, no. But they parked up there and left the car. And didn't the car get, you know... But it is... They, 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 yeah, he's right then. Why don't we say they left from Aylesbury in Yorkshire? That's well, we where they're from. We, we mentioned know. Aylesbury too. So is that lazy? Um, I'm not, no, lazy's not the right word. No, it's, it's just, not. Um, I think that's the thing I kind of disagree with Tony about. Okay, but yeah. right. But, you know, we are a local radio station, and so local links get flagged up. Okay, it is interesting. All right, it's just an interesting one. And it's with the reason we're talking about 7-7, well, it's 10 years ago today that it happened. 10 years ago. Oh, gosh. Four men took a train from Luton. Um, they detonated their bombs at Allgate, Edgware Road, Russell Square and Tavistock Square. They killed 52 people and injured more than 700 others. And I'm sure... Well, the lasting image for me is the bus, is the picture of the bus. Incredible image that kind of summed up um, an horrific day. Well, Paul Dodds uh, from Flitwick was on the Allgate train and uh, Paul joins me now. Morning, Paul. Good morning. Paul, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate um, your time. Tell us what happened to you on that morning. Well, I was travelling from Flitig to XL to meet Prince Charles um, for a celebration, and uh, it didn't happen. What were you going um, to see Prince Charles for, Paul? I'm involved with an organisation called World Skills, where we uh, train young people in vocational skills mm. and I'm the trainer for plumbing for like the Olympics in vocational skills. Wow. And uh, it was a welcome back and a celebration for how well we did in Finland in so, 2005. So this was supposed to be a, a, a very, very special day for you, a day of celebration. Yeah. Yeah. 
a very big day. Yeah. So you, you're on the train. Tell, tell us what happened. Yeah. Uh, I was on the train. Well, I got the train from Luton. And I actually stood next to the bummer on the on the platform in in London, and uh, there were people pushing from behind because it was quite a busy train because the train was late into Luton, and otherwise everything would have happened earlier. Um, but people were pushing from behind, and I went the next set of doors up, and probably the best decision of my life, actually. Um, so so like with seconds to go, I just moved up and went in through the next set of doors, and we got to. Uh, Liverpool Street, Street, and I'd been stood in the centre of the train, and I moved towards the door with a glass panel above uh, on the on the on my side, and we just set off from Liverpool Street, and I saw this flash, ducked down, and that was it. And then for about five ten minutes, I thought I was going to die because you couldn't breathe. Everything had gone out of the train, uh, all the air had gone, everything. It was. Um, not a good time. Not a good time. That's putting it mildly. Uh, are you are you all right talking about this, Paul? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that was one of the things about the therapy, and uh, I went to the counselling in London that was provided and stuff like that, and that was great. Um, and one of the things was talking about it. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd just finished doing a first aid course about two weeks before, and one of the things I really feel guilty about was on the day I couldn't do first aid. I, I just couldn't do it. Um, and it and it was really really bad from that aspect. Um, you know, it it was very very difficult. And then walk, we got evacuated from the train, walking down the tunnel, and uh, and then as I spoke to you five years ago, um, saw this guy looked like he was bleeding from head to toe, and and that was one of my lasting memories and uh five years ago you put the link together to a guy called philip and uh i did see him last night on bbc news actually mm. um uh, and you know that was a gap that you know i didn't think that guy was going to live uh, well, this is this is phil duckworth from st albans who's and it sounds incredible his his clothes were blown off in the explosion, yeah. and um, but people it, it, people thought he was dead. He was lying on the yeah. tracks, covered in blood, and people thought he was dead. Yeah. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't laid down when I saw him. He was stood up. He was just like a zombie walking down the tunnel. If you could imagine a, a horror movie, like a zombie, it was. It was like that. He was literally like that. And the, this, like you said, this guy, no clothes on, uh, just walking down the tunnel. Uh, everybody walking past him, coming the other way. So obviously. They're giving him up for, um, uh, dare I say, it being dead. Mm. Um, you know, and it wasn't a pretty sight at all. Yeah. If I ask anything, Paul, that is too personal or you don't want to say, then please tell me, and I won't be offended, of course. You know, I, I, yeah. I, 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 it's no, just, no, no. this is the first time I've spoken to somebody who was so directly involved in that day. And um, you say you saw the flash. Did you know what it was? No. No, all I saw was a flash go off, and then it was like a ball of flame or whatever came through, and I just ducked down behind the glass panel, and it rolled straight across the top of my back. Um, uh, and then, obviously, the the carriage was full of uh, glass from fluorescent lights and stuff like that, um, but you couldn't breathe. You couldn't breathe. There was no air in the carriage at all. Um, uh 
the windows to the side of me, they were all covered in a yellow powder. Um, I, uh, I told everybody to get down onto the floor. Um, you know, people were wanting to break windows, and I was saying, don't break the windows. You don't know what's on the outside. Mm. You know, um, you know, because you don't. And how long, Paul, were you, were you were you in the carriage before you got taken off the carriage? Seemed like a lifetime, but it was probably about less than about ten minutes. And were people talking? Were they crying? What what what, did, no. what was was it just uh, silent? Really quiet. The only time that there was uh, people got distressed was after the after the uh, smoke and everything cleared inside the carriage. Somebody looked out the window, and obviously in the centre, because we was like on the left track, on the right-hand track, there was bodies on the track that had been blown out of the train. Um, and then people started to get quite upset. Uh, yeah. And did, did, did you did you speak to anybody, or were you kind of in your own little no, shocked I was, world? I was in my own little world. I was in my own little world. Yeah. Uh, people came running from the next carriage down with water and things like that, and and obviously running towards the injured. Um, but in the carriage where I was, pretty much people just stayed where they were, probably uh, in shock. Um, and, and to be fair, I didn't realise I was suffering from shock. When when I come out and we ended up above ground, I rang somebody up and I said, there's been a bomb on the train. And the, uh, the guy at the other end said, oh, well, don't worry about that. Just get here and you'll be fine. And, and, <laughs> so, and that sorry. Sorry. My mind just suddenly went, oh, I've got to get a taxi or something to get to yeah, where I, I need to be. I bet. And, I, and I saw a policeman and they took all my details and everything else and and I jumped in a taxi, and when I got to the Excel centre, um, there was paramedics waiting for me at the Excel centre. For you specifically? Like suite. And, they yeah, were waiting yeah, yeah. for you specifically? They, because obviously by that time, in the five, ten minutes it took to get to the Excel centre, people didn't realise what it was, and I was yeah. on my way, you see. So people met me at the door, and there was paramedics, and they took me to the toilet, managed to get me washed up and everything else the best I could. Um... But I didn't realise I was suffering from shock. When did it? When did it hit you? Uh, about about fifteen minutes after people started making a fuss. Yeah, that's um, funny. Um, you know, and it and it really was. Um, you know, uh, my friends, my world skills friends, were tremendous, tremendous. You know, I'm still friends with them today. Still do the job today. You know. Um, you know, people have been absolutely superb. I will say that. You know, um, it was a day I'll never forget. Never, never forget. And you mentioned that you'd had uh, therapy. I'm, I'm guessing that was was offered to to everybody who was involved in the bombings. Yeah, yeah we went down to London. You was offered cognitive therapy. Uh, to be fair, when the uh, the anti-terrorist squad, a couple of days later, came to my house and uh, six hours of uh, questioning. Um, they came to my house, took all my clothes away, um, uh, everything else. But they offered some advice because I was going on holiday a couple of weeks later to Turkey. Mm. They offered me advice on where to go and where not to go in Turkey. 
how to uh, protect yourselves in the market and on the transport in Turkey, because obviously there's a terror threat in Turkey at then, and there still is. Mm. Um, how to protect yourself. Uh, and then they said, you know, like this counselling. And we all went to the counselling, and the terrorist police or the security services, they kept sending you letters to say, tomorrow this is going to be on the news, tomorrow this is going to be on the news, this is going to happen. And it was very good because I went into quite severe depression. Uh, I was on tablets up until about two years ago uh, for it because it was quite bad. Mm. Um, and and I still get depression, um, you know, because uh, sometimes life deals you with a bum card and, and it's very hard to deal with. And, and I find it very hard to deal now with situations that get quite stressful. So, so is situations separate from from that incident ten years ago? You, you you struggle with whereas perhaps before the bomb, you would have been able to cope with them. Yeah, yeah. Now nowadays the wheels come off the trolley. Yeah. Every time every time I have a problem, the wheels come off the trolley, and and I get very very depressive because I'm, I'm you know I, I just look at, at the bad side of life, you know, and sometimes I need to look at the good side of life as well. Have you got family and, and friends around you, Paul, that, that, that help? Yeah, 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 got family. Uh, my wife, I mean, she works at Harlett in the school. She's, she's 100% behind me. My me, me kids are superb. Um, you know, uh, you couldn't ask for better uh, things that way. They, they don't talk about it a great deal. Mm. Um, the last two days, there's been quite a bit of stuff on telly, like the song for Jenny and, and things like that, which... It was quite good, uh, uh, you know, but I, I don't tend to watch a lot of it. Uh, I'm I was rather g- glad that I'm out this morning because I, I don't get yeah. a lot of it this morning. I was so. going to ask, Paul, does stuff like this, does us banging, obviously, you know, obviously we're talking about it a lot and it will be everywhere. Does that make it easier? Does that make it worse? Are you indifferent to it? <sighs> People need to know what happened that day. People need to know what happened that day. There were some misguided individuals, and I will say misguided. Uh, I'm sure if, if, if they knew different, they wouldn't have done what they did, but they did do what they did. Um, at the time, I worked at Banfield College. I was teaching down Bury Park. The people that I was teaching down in Bury Park at CYCD were very supportive, and they were quite shocked at what happened. Um, you know, so, so people in Luton... Uh, in Bury Park and things like that, were they were as gobsmacked as anybody else as to what actually happened. I've got to ask, Paul. Did you get to meet Prince Charles in the end? No. Does it still he, not happen? He, he he was. Uh, how should I say? He was whisked away. Oh, I bet. Uh, to, to somewhere safe. Oh, I bet he was in some. He was in a bunker somewhere. And you've not met him in the ten years since. No, no. Uh, in 2011, uh, through World Skills, I managed to go to Buckingham Palace for afternoon tea with Prince Andrew. It's um, it's just an incredible story, Paul, and um, I, I really appreciate you sharing it with us. You've you've, you've kind of you made it real again, and um, I, I, I hope that. Well, I hope that I hope that this has helped you, uh, and I certainly hope that it's not made yeah. things worse or, or, or brought you down at all. No, no, and, and, and above all, we've got to remember our security services are doing a magnificent job, 
I will force his doing a magnificent job in trying to stop it all. Uh, you know, uh, and and there is they've in their lives as well in this cause as well. Paul, thanks a lot. Okay, no worries. Well Thank done. You. Thank you, mate. Cheers. There we go. Paul Dodds. He was on the Aldgate train. I feel a letter to Prince Charles coming on. I think we have to write a little letter to Prince Charles, don't we? I feel I do feel a little bit. Um, uh, I feel a little bit guilty talking to Paul yeah. um, because I mean, obviously, he wanted to talk, and we didn't in any way force him or, or anything like that. But I kind of feel. I feel like it's his business. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can't be any more specific than that. Oh, and obviously right. he's completely willing to talk and we would never have coerced him or anything like that. That was his decision. And, and But I feel like it's his... We've, we've, I've, I feel like we've really pried into someone's private business. Mm. But... But we approached a number of survivors, and yeah. I've got to say the majority did not want to speak, and that's their problem. And good for them. Good but, for them. But there are others like Paul who feel like it's almost you know, a duty. It's almost the reason... Not the reason why they went through it, but if some sense has to come from it, it's about raising awareness, I guess. But um, good for them. Such a tricky, I mean, such a tricky thing to talk about. Um, there's me saying well, that I, I feel slightly exploitative. We will put some of that in the podcast, I think, you know, because I think it, um, it's it's a powerful story. It's the first time I've spoken. I think it's the first time. It must be the first time I've spoken to somebody who was so closely uh, uh, linked and involved in. Um, in that experience, I was working that day, and we got um, phone calls, repeated phone calls from one particular person we, that we know and, and love at the station, who was on one of the trains. And I just remember the phone call coming in, and she said, "There's been a huge. It feels like there's been a crash." She said, "They're telling us it's a power outage. I'm sure it's not. Yeah. I'm sure it's not." And then, as as things went on, you know, we got more phone calls, and finally, we found out she was safe. But I mean, that that was a. I mean, that that shocked not just London, but but the UK to to its core, because we'd never experienced anything like this, had we? Certainly not my generation. No. I love... I love it did make me laugh when he phones up his mates at work and they say, oh, don't worry, Paul, just get in a cab. You'll be done if you're a bit late. <laughs> and that's it, because people at the time, didn't you say, didn't realise exactly how significant it was. But and also, you're in shock and you think, well, I've got, I've got, I'm going to be late, I've got to... But someone would say to you, there's been a, someone had a bomb on the train, and you, it would never occur to you that it had gone mm. off. It did make me just get just get in a cab, Paul. You'll be all right, mate. But the thing is, we lived through a, you know a, a childhood bomb scares, hadn't we? Yeah. I mean, gosh. All right. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. If you want to share your thoughts on that, BBC Three Counties Radio. We missed the travel, but let's uh, let's do uh, some of the business we need to do. Uh, it's eight twenty three. It's Tuesday, the seventh of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Services will be held today to mark 10 years since the London bombings when four suicide bombers travelled from Luton Station to kill 52 people in the capital. Shops could open for longer on Sundays under plans to be set out by the Chancellor in tomorrow's budget. And a cricket club in Houghton Regis say they've had enough and could move out of the town after nuisance motorbikes again invaded their pitch at the weekend. 03459 455555. We'll find out more about those motorbikes after this. If you've missed any of the programmes here on BBC Three Counties Radio, you've missed things like this. Put it this way, I used to drink at least eight or nine litres of cider a day. Well, as I mentioned earlier, it's no secret that I enjoy a glass or two of Pinot Grigio. There's more information on this inner theme its content than there is on the bottle of wine. But there is a way you can hear it all again. I'm the worst kind of person in terms of someone that may have problems in the future because I'm what I would consider a middle-class drinker. bbc.co.uk slash radio. Sorry, this is probably not a good conversation to be having with a former alcoholic. <laughs> 
allowing you to listen to what you missed. These things got to be spoke about, haven't they? So, I mean, yes. I've no intention of going back to it. I've got too much to lose now. bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Now uh, it's a problem that won't go away. Off-road motorbikes in Dunstable and House and Regis. You want to see a video of them in Dunstable, filmed by our intrepid reporter Tony Fisher? Then go to facebook.com forward slash BBC Three CR. Uh, but Houghton Regis, it started uh, well last year when the local cricket team, the Houghton Chargers, who are, we are the official. No, hang on, they are the official cricket team of this show, guys. By the way, uh, they came to us for help keeping them off their pitch long enough to bowl. And innings. Well, after getting local MP Andrew Sulu involved, it looked like everything was sorted, but now the nuisance bikes are back. Aziz Chowdhury is captain of the House in Chargers. Morning, Aziz. Morning, Ian. Nice to talk to you again. Not nice to be talking to you again about the same problem. Uh, things got better, didn't they? How did they improve? Uh, things got better, obviously, last season uh, when we had uh, police. Uh, help like they were monitoring our game few of them and uh, obviously council were a little bit more helpful uh, and uh, thanks to Andres Lu who really uh, initiated and uh, helped us to like uh, raise our voice to police and they come to monitor so that was improvement but since this season started it's not the first time we had a problem against last game, you know, against Amtil. Well, we had a problem. I, I, I wrote to Andrew Silo this season as well, and uh, I think he he forwarded my email to police. But police is saying that they don't have uh, resources mm. to tackle this problem, you know, or uh, even provide us, uh, like, uh, policing at the ground to carry on our ma- matches, you know. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because the police resources are stretched, but if they can't do policing, then what's the point of having them? Yeah, I, mean, I think to, we are the home team, you know, Houghton Ridges, uh, like, and we feel pressure when we uh, have a home game. You know, we should be, we should have advantage playing at home. But whenever we get the home game, I say, oh, again, you know, like I think uh, so. It's, it's quite embarrassing in terms of because we not couldn't provide a good environment to the host team. Teams and uh, and it's not and it's anti-social behavior. Like we have spectators coming to see us. We have got you disabled, obviously, people coming to see us. They enjoy our cricket, and it's a uh, it's a uh, the group in the village. Like we play there, and uh, and it's good for community. But imagine if uh, let's say if we won't find another ground, or if we just pack our bags and <clears throat> 30 players are out of cricket. Mm. And also com- community will be out of uh, this uh, good sport, you know. So there's no platform for youngster to build a game or, uh, like, engage themselves in this wonderful sport. And you, so, of course, last year, you invited the, the bikers to come down and play. I did, I did. But unfortunately, <laughs> I think they didn't, uh, well. like, uh, come to play. You are the official us. cricket team of this show, uh, as is. How, how are the Houghton Chargers doing? The motorbikes to one side. You, uh, how, how are things going for the team? I think other team uh, things are really going well. Like, we are on second of the table at the moment, but yes. still half of the season uh, left. So we are aiming to, obviously, we are defending champions. Come on, as is! And uh, we we are doing our you know best uh, whatever in our control to like defend uh, 
our uh, title, you know. Good yeah. for you. What what needs to be done is, is finally, what, 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 what needs to be done to stop this problem, do you think? I think what needs to be done is, you know, at least, uh, not for cricket, but I know they just uh, ride on the roads and then, you know, the people. So poli- police needs to do something about, like, tracking these bikers or, uh, you know, they... They need to obviously find a solution for that because uh, it's not we are only suffering. I think the other people in the town and uh, you know people are suffering as well. So it's 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 the wide spread. So they need to come up with the solution. Maybe more CCTV. I don't know. Obviously, this is their job to do. But uh, council and police, they need mm. to come up and you know like because they need to find a solution. Otherwise, this antisocial behavior really will leave us uh, isolated from other, like, uh, teams not coming here and our regions to play. Mm. As is, listen, I've got to move on. Um, I, I appreciate your time, as always. Uh, and, boy, oh, boy, we support the house in charges like nobody's business. I don't even like the game of cricket, and yet I'm uh, giving I'm giving them my official thumbs up to the house in charges. Um, let's see what happens, shall we? Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Ian. We're really slow on the A1M. I've just spotted on the speed sensors. Well in Garden City towards uh, uh, the Wellin uh, area is slow moving. Southbound at Stevenage, very heavy as normal. Anti-clockwise M25, heavy towards 23 for South Mims. And then it's really slow, busier than usual this morning. 19 down to 16 towards the M40. M1's not too bad at all, although it is slow, having said that. Northbound up towards Junction 14 for Milton Keynes. Southbound is also looking very heavy uh, towards 14. And be aware that the M1 in Northamptonshire closed northbound between 16 and 18 after an accident last night. Surfacing works continuing until around midday and there are delays from Junction 15 and also on the diversion route which takes in the 428, uh, sorry the A45 and the A5. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you James! Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30. I'm Simon Oxley. Events will be held across London today to mark 10 years since the 7-7 bombings. Four suicide bombers, including Jermaine Lindsay from Aylesbury, met at Luton Station before travelling to the capital and killing 52 people on three underground trains and a bus. Shops could open for longer on Sundays under plans to be set out by the Chancellor in tomorrow's budget. And a cricket club in Houghton Regis say they've had enough and could move out of the town after nuisance motorbikes again invaded their pitch at the weekend. Three Counties Sport. BBC Three Counties Radio. Andy Murray beat Ivo Karlovic in four sets to progress to the quarterfinals at Wimbledon for the eighth successive year. Murray will play Vasek Pospisil in the last eight tomorrow, but defending champion Novak Djokovic still has work to do. He came from two sets down to level his match with Kevin Anderson before bad lights stopped play. They'll resume on court one at one o'clock this lunchtime. Rory McIlroy looks set to miss next week's Open Golf Championship after rupturing an ankle ligament playing football. He's already withdrawn from this week's Scottish Open. Ian Poulter says it's a blow. It's sad to see him potentially miss the Open and even more a couple couple of other big tournaments after that as well. So there are some other great players in the world that I'm sure are going to step up to the plate. But, you know, we wish him a speedy recovery. I mean, he is world number one. He's done a great job leading from the front up there and hopefully he can heal that ankle very quickly and come back. 
Watford's record signing Etienne Capu says Hornets goalkeeper Jarelio Gomez told him to join the club. The two were teammates at Spurs with French international Capu yesterday sealing a move thought to be worth in the region of five and a half million pounds. But Hungarian international Daniel Toja has announced he's leaving Vicarage Road. And Luton play a friendly this evening on their pre-season training trip to Portugal. British heavyweight Tyson Fury will fight Vladimir Klitschko for the Ukrainians' world heavyweight titles in Dusseldorf on the 24th of October. More from Mike Costello. This will be Vladimir Klitschko's 50th fight in Germany. It will be the 19th defence in his second reign as a world champion. In his two reigns as the title holder, he's made 23 successful defences. Just to put that in context, it's four more than Muhammad Ali made and a win against Fury on October the 24th will leave him just one short of the heavyweight record which is held by the great Joe Lewis. And Britain's Chris Froome leads the Tour de France going into stage four today. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. So, let's briefly summarise what we know, shall we? The 50s. (laughs) The 60s. The 70s. And finally, the 80s. Thank you and good night. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. I think we're all still um, uh, recovering ever so slightly. If that's not too patronising, word from uh, speaking to Paul, who Paul Dodds, who was um, uh, on the Aldgate train ten years ago today. Flipping it, and we, we, we'll see if we can um, put that interview out as a. A special little podcast. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Any Texas? Let's have a look at. Let's have a look at the Texas. Uh, we've got something from Barry and Hemel talking right, about seventy-five-year-olds. Um, We're asking what have they done to deserve their um, their freebie. Their freebie. We're taking on the BBC taking on the benefit system, and that's fine, and we can do that. But what, what, what are you giving us, seventy-five-year-olds? Well, Barry from Hemel's got an idea. Yeah. He says seventy-five-year-olds have already given the BBC at least seventy years of loyalty. Well, they were I paying for an ongoing service, weren't they? Yeah, well, you... and they weren't paying for it for seventy years. Their mummies and their daddies were when it was it was two guineas and a shilling pence. A few cutbacks will soon cover this minor amount in their budget. One obvious one is to superimpose buildings like hospitals or Downing Street instead of constantly sending reporters to stand outside them. So he's hey, saying, that's not bad. Well, I mean, also rethink why we need to be standing outside when the thing's not happening anymore. Great, well, green screen technology is so cheap now. We could do it on a Mac out there. It looks a bit rubbish, though. It but does look a bit rubbish. If you're willing to put up with it, then it'd save a few quid. That'd save a few quid. That's a good idea. Thanks very much, Barry. Thanks, Baz. Nice one. Appreciate uh, that, mate. And Simon has the easiest drink of all. Yep. Rainwater. Well, no, Simply it's not. open your mouth and look upwards. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, we're on the radio. Could you shut up? Honestly. <laughs> Flip it, egg. <laughs> what a plum. Um, yeah. Um, no, rain, rainwater's really difficult. You've got to have a barrel. He says, no, you simply open your mouth and look up. No, you don't. Simon you've got and to, well, well, someone has suggested saliva, which is disgusting. Um, no, rainwater, you've got to have a barrel. No. Tap you know water, what? you just need a dub. You know what Bear Grylls drink? Oh, there's nothing he doesn't drink. He but drinks he his drinks own wee-wee. Mm. Uh, well, that is, if you've ever tried to do that, that is difficult. Didn't Demi Moore do that? Um, I don't. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was part of her cleansing regime. Oh, there's nothing clean about drinking urine. Mm. Morning crew, there's always off-road bikes razzing up and down the busway, causing a dust cloud. Says Rag- Jay. Ragging. Ragging around. They're ragging around. I don't understand why the police don't ride down the busway on their motorbikes to police it and catch them. Says Jay. Doesn't get it. 
Um, and John says, hi, uh, I give the police and council the address of the people ragging around. Second use of ragging around. Thank you very much. We've lost the clip but nothing of is done. Ollie Moores, the police and pop commissioner. Um, not, Ollie, not Ollie Moores. Um, uh, um, uh, Ollie Martins, the uh, police and pop commissioner for Bedfordshire. We've lost the clip of him saying ragging around. Mm. So if somebody wants to phone up and fake that clip for us... Or, Ollie, if you're listening, maybe you want to rerun the... Well, it wasn't fun. It was a serious point you were yeah, making. But, but if you wouldn't mind... That would be awesomeness personified. Thanks very mm-hmm. much uh, indeed. 03459 455 555 is the telephone number. Here's the phone-in I wanted to do and I never got round to doing it. Go on. Um, bald people with hair... Well, then they're barely bald. Mm, barely. There we go. Thank you. This is why uh, This is why you get the big dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barely bald. Do you know what I'm thinking of? Because I see this every time and I think, oh, flipping it, mate. Or barely hairy. Barely bald. Go on. Ant, who's with Prince Charles, by the oh, way. Ant and Deck. Ant and Deck. Ant is barely bald. He's mm. got no hair, but yeah, he's got hair. How do you do that? How do you do that? There's a lot of face there. There's, I mean, that That's is... That's a distraction. He should just accept defeat. Just accept defeat. Um, who's the billionaire? Um, who's the billionaire? End. Um, Trump. Trump. With his shredded wheat. Trump. What is that all about? What's on Trump's head? It's a high fibre cereal. It is incredible what that man has got balanced on his nut. Uh, something I noticed the other day, and people are not going to like it. Yeah. Boris. Yeah. Boris is not kidding anybody. But, but it's barely bald. I just, it, I just think admit defeat. If you're going bald, right? Go bald. There's no shame. I mean, there's a little bit of shame in it. It's embarrassing and it's humiliating. But it's fine. Go bald. Easy for me to say as a man who will never go bald. I know your trousers do need pulling up quite a lot when you bend over. Oh three four five nine. Harry back. That's what I'm saying. Four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to. Um... Mick Fleetwood. Uh, well, Mick Fleetwood, for a long time he was um, bald ponytails, but yeah, yeah. he's barely bald. Mm. He's barely bald. He's barely bald. Barely bald. Barely bald. There we go. Welcome. Francis Rossi, of course. Mm. Famously. The famous denier. Steve, have you got hair? Yeah, I've got loads of it. Where? Oh. In a box oh, under the head. stairs. On your head. Well, that's great to know, Stephen. <laughs> Excellent stuff. What would you like to say? Who would you like to offend this morning? Well, where should we start? <laughs> no. But the seriously. Police, the police, if we can't rely on the police to, to protect the cricketers and the cricket pitch, surely we should have our own police force, the local people, vigilantes. We should bring the vigilantes back. Because we're paying all this money for, so, for police services, but you know, it's not necessarily the police folks, the government, the council and everything else, but... You know, if you can't rely on someone else, you have to do it yourself. OK, and what do you suggest these vigilantes do? Go out with shotguns and, and burning forks? No, not forks. <laughs> well, burning fork, why not, actually, yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you what, the idea of the shotgun ain't a bad idea. I'm sure I'm sure they wouldn't be going across the uh, pitch on the motor, motor cross when there's a shotgun. Yeah. But what's your serious point? Well, no, surely we should police our own vigilantes. Well, the police are no good, are they? Right, but what are they? Tell me, tell me they what... They wear blankets. They what? They, they wet blankets. Oh, OK. So tell me what the vigilantes should do. Well, we would obviously train them up. Oh, we're training them now, are we? Well, we'd have to. You've All got right. to do something. You can't let these jobbos <coughs> go around riding on motorbikes without having a, a threat. If they get a threat, then they won't take the chance. They only do it because they get away with it. Okay. And also, the other issue is councils don't provide 
motocross circuits, go-kart circuits. They don't provide stuff. Catch stuff me if you can. Here as well. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, there isn't enough facilities around. But as I've ruled out, I mean, you're always going to get scumbags in, in any... Well, yeah, any exactly. The there, are, there are facilities around. And, it, you know, flipping it. We, we, we want to spend yeah, money but, on dirt tracks. Yeah but, yeah, but we, yeah, but we live in ghetto loot and ghetto and dumpster. Which a, lot of, a lot of people on low wages, they can't afford to fix. They can't afford to go, go to a go-kart or send their kids. You know what I mean? It's like 40 or 50 you know, quid at a time. It's, it's well, then don't go. I mean, then sure, don't go. They, the can afford, they can afford the bikes... Yeah, well, we know that I can afford the bike and the petrol. But you know where I'm coming from. We, we need to try and do a... We need to do different angles to try and get these jobs off and teach them a lesson. And yeah, it's the same as school. There's no discipline at school. Do you mean give Think them a kick in? in? Well, not a kick in, no. They've got to know what the, what the law is and they're going to get it if they don't toe the line. When you say... When you say uh, this is what I want to focus on, Steve. What do you mean they're going <laughs> to get it? Get what? A battering? Well, they might, yeah, they might get a good idea. What's wrong with that? Because you can't go around. I was a kid, we, oh, we got good ideas when we done something. And it never did you, you no harm, did it? No, of course I'm all right. Yeah, you're completely <laughs> normal and not in any way um, bigoted or phone up at radio listen, stations listen, talking listen, rubbish listen, all the time. Listen, they say the mentally ill know the truth. <laughs> no, they say the mentally ill need help. <laughs> no, I don't need help, mate. It's... It's the rest of you that are suppressed by the government, the police, and freedom okay. of freedom. Okay, there we go, Stephen. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, with the, with the, we are welcome to the uh, suppressed media, um, where we are being suppressed by the government. Thank you, Stephen, for um, phoning up and um, talking out of your bum. Oh three uh, four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, the telephone number. If you want to um, give us a call, you, you're more than welcome to. So here's something, and I thought this existed already, because you can get drive throughs now for pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. There's on the uh, way back from Birmingham to my house, there is a, and I don't use it now because they really charge a fortune, but there's a service station that's got a drive through Starbucks. Right. But they charge a lot of money. When did we become a nation who drove through for coffee? <clears throat> well, I blame um, Ronald McDonald. Yeah, that guy. Uh, what other drive throughs Well, anyway, here's one. Love pasties but hate cues. <laughs> wow. I don't love them that much. Then you will be happy to hear the good news. The world's first Cornish pasty drive through is now open. The shop, based in the Cornish town of Rock. There's no town yeah, called... Yeah, there is. No, there's not. Yeah, there is. Very don't, nice. Richard just... and Judy are, f- are fond of Rock. Richard hates me. He hates me. He slagged me off in an article well, a couple of years ago, and I've sent him three emails to an email address that I know he has access to, uh, just saying, "Come on, let's sort this out." I apologise for any slight why? I may have made. Why? I used to plum- make I used to make jokes about his wife being drunk years ago. Well, okay. Uh, I can see why he's tense about that. But I've tried to. I've worked with his son. His son Jack's a nice lad. Chloe, despite uh, everything, Chloe put some clothes on. I think he's a plum. So I let the let the war continue. I don't want a war. I want peace. He gets on my wick. I want peace. See my wick? Richard's oh, on it. Richard's on it, look. Mm. Uh, it allows hungry drivers to place their window, their order at one window before driving to the next to collect their traditional West Country delicacy. I know Alternatively, how tr- you're in Cornwall. How hard is it to find a pasty? The shop isn't just for those on the go. You can also linger over a pasty in the 100-seat restaurant. Owner and Cornish pasty expert. Oh, flippers. I mean, I mean, what's to know? 
If their surname's not Ginsters, I'm out. It's it's like, you know, beige meat in a disappointing pastry. Marion Simmons spent 18 months working on the business, which opened yesterday. She said, I'm from Cornwall. This drive-through is important because I don't like queuing. It's the perfect place for what I'd like to achieve for Cornwall in my business. Once you get the craving to bake, it's in your blood. Mrs. Simmons, who owns two other bakeries in Cornwall, oh, she she loves uh, um, pasties so much. She should consider buying pasties a ring, getting down on her knee, and proposing to it. And she should consider marrying them. Or get a recipe, make a big batch. I'm sure they freeze all right. She can have pasties whenever she wants. And she should stick them up her bum. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the uh, M1, first of all, northbound is particularly slow heading up towards Milton Keynes this morning, keeping an eye on the speed sensors. It's slow moving from 13 up towards 14, and it's also very busy on the southbound A509 from Chichley towards Milton Keynes, possibly because of roadworks, possibly with those avoiding the northbound M1 in Northamptonshire. Just be aware the northbound M1 is closed between 16 and 18 after a serious accident late last night. They're having to resurface uh, quite a long stretch of the carriageway. Queue starts at 15, and there are Long delays on the A5 from Toaster up in towards uh, uh, Weedon, the Weedon Beck area. Now the northbound A1M, that's slow moving from Welling Garden City towards Welling, a little unsure as to the reasons behind that. Anti-clockwise M25, very heavy from 21 down to 16 and a check on the uh, trains will generally a good service across the uh, service across the three counties. If you are heading into London to take a Eurostar train to the continent just be aware there are delays in the Euro in the Channel Tunnel because of uh, problems within the Channel Tunnel this morning. James Wally, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, James. I do fancy um, a pasty. Who's doing a Greg's run? Anyone? Greg's run? Thank you, Catherine. 8.46. Oh, look at the weather, and it? Rubbish. We'll get to the weather in a second with Kate. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Services will be held today to mark 10 years since the London bombings when four suicide bombers travelled from Luton Station to kill 52 people in the capital. Cabin crew at EasyJet will be balloted for industrial action in a dispute over a pay rise. And shops could open for longer on Sundays under plans to be set out by the Chancellor in tomorrow's budget. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. A lot of cloud around today and the rain has just about arrived. We've got a, a band of rain which is working its way eastwards this morning. Some heavier bursts in there at the moment. Just about clearing the western fringes of Buckinghamshire as we speak. Behind it we've still got the cloud but later we'll get some thinner areas. So brighter with some sunny spells. Still the chance of maybe an outbreak of rain or two. But a strengthening southwesterly uh, breeze rather will make it feel a little cooler than it has done recently. 22 Celsius the maximum. Now later on this afternoon and into this evening, the cloud almost disappears. We get a really nice end to the day actually with some sunshine. 21-21 the sun sets and overnight the cloud's going to come back again, bringing with it some outbreaks of rain. Minimum 12 Celsius. 04:52 the sun rises tomorrow. It's quite a dull day. A lot of clouds, some showery rain and it's going to feel cooler still. Still breezy as well for Wednesday with a maximum of 20 Celsius. But the good news is it improves for Thursday and Friday. More sunshine and it's getting warmer again. That's your forecast. Thank you, Kate. 
every weekday from three. Local stories. People in Watford are being urged to celebrate their local heroes by creating a postcard in their honour. In other local news, rugby fans are being warned to watch out for fake World Cup tickets. Roberto Peroni. Now, a metal detectorist has discovered a archaeological find in a field near Royston in Hertfordshire. Taxi drivers in Luton are demanding to be allowed to drive in bus lanes at all times. There is to be a new station at the Leighton Buzzard Narrow Gauge Railway. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. 03459 455 555. Dave's in Potton. Morning, David. Morning, Ian. What you got for us, boss? Uh, my mate reckons, my mate Andrew Reid reckons Kelly's voice is very sexy. He's wrong. Uh, is it's he? not. It's not. It's not a sexy voice at all. No. Uh, he reckons no. he is. No, well, he's wrong. He reckons she's gorgeous. Well, ah, ah, well, now you're saying that she's gorgeous. That's a different matter altogether, and one I'm not prepared to discuss. Her no, voice right. is not sexy, though. Her voice is, um, what's the word? What's the word, Catherine? I don't want to get in on this. Annoying, annoying. is what you said earlier. Yeah, annoying, yeah, annoying. annoying. Her voice is annoying. Agreed. Nah, it's not. Yes, it's it is. Lovely. No. I reckon she should take over from you, I reckon. What the heck? <laughs> All right, then fine. Me and Kath will shut up. It's uh, the uh, Kelly and um, uh, David show. Yeah, right, right. I'm, I'm too busy to do a show. Me too. You're not. I, I am. am. No, you can't be. I am. I've got loads going on. No, you can't. What do you mean? No, you can't have too much on. Why? Because you can't. That doesn't make sense. You're not giving me a reason. Uh, no, I can't give you a reason. David, what do you do? What do I do? Yeah, let's have a chat. Well, I'm sitting in the Weybridge at the moment. Why? No, to do lorry tickets. Lorries. Lorry ticking? Yeah, tickets. Tickets? Yeah, so lorries go out with loads. Loads of sand and that. Oh, OK. Yeah. And my oh. mate Andrew, who reckons your voice is sexy, well, he has to drive a loading shovel. Oh. He has to load the lorries. <laughs> Thanks. So he didn't phone you, you see. He's scared. Uh, hi, Andrew. Just call. It's, it's really easy. 0345... Nine four double five five double five. Uh, yeah, now you've told him because he was listening to you. Oh. Listening to you on the ra- on the on the radio on the loading shovel. On the loading shovel. What's he loading? Well, he's he's loading lorries. Yeah, but what what what's he putting on the lorries? Oh, sand. Where's that going? It goes to Asheville plants. Oh, all over. Yeah. To uh, Heathrow, <laughs> Wembley, Hillsford. Um. Switch. Well, thanks for calling, David. Bye. I've never been more turned on. <laughs> well, at least it's a loading lorry, and he's, it's not an unloading lorry. Although... Dealing. Uh, 03459 455 555 is the telephone number. Gosh, don't people who fancy Kerry, uh, Kelly, aren't they... Um, they fulfil a certain criteria. They're dull. Um, thank you for that. Uh, oh, David, are you still there? Yes, mate, yeah. Oh, flip it out. I'm being rude about you. You should... Um, no, Boss. put, put the right, phone down. Sorry. I can't, I can't cut him off. Oh, you still there, David? Yes, mate. No, I can't cut you off. Oh, I haven't got that. Um, oh. Hang on, I'm going to cut you off. Hang on. Oh, yeah. Um, um, right, he's gone now. Yeah, good. Yeah, I know. Can I put? You gone, David? He's gone. Good. Okay. Well, that's um, that's a relief because uh, I was being rude about the guy. There we go. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Andy's on the line. Morning, Andy. Hello, Ian. Hello, Andy. What you got for us? That was a bit boring, wasn't it? Wasn't it just? You think you can do better? All about sand. Go on. You're through to Kelly Betts. Why? I mean, hi. Hi, Andy. What? Kelly is lovely. She's got a very sexy voice, like the folks say, but she's very nice. 
because she always knows on the phone. But the thing is, um, I'm going to Germany to see my son. It's his 30th birthday party. And he's having a casino party. That's good. What about that? That's fun. Yeah. He's having a roulette wheel and his crew is coming in to do it. That actually sounds quite good. Is this doing it for you, Ian? I mean, it really... I'll be honest, this is perhaps the, the this is even more boring than the, the old man talking about um, someone loading up a truck with sand to take to uh, asphalt companies in Wembley. It's like, do you remember when we went to see Fifty Shades of Grey and we thought it was going to be a... Ooh, yeah. And it was yeah. rubbish. This Just like, like Fifty this. Shades of Beige. What's interesting is that Andy has called in to say he can do better than the last fella. If anything, he's doing worse. He's firing blanks oh, Let's have a listen. Uh, might have what, what are you going to get him? What are you going to get him? Andy, what are you going to get your son for his birthday? I mean, there are lines I've for this. Got, I have given him some money, but I'm also That's giving nice. him a... He's giving money as a birthday yeah. present. I mean, how unimaginative... I bet it's 30 quid. Is that, yeah, quid per Good year. Yeah. I'm giving him a Luton Town training shirt oh, as well. God, what's he done to deserve that? Town. This sounds perfect. Well, Andy, it's been, really great li- it's been really great listening, Andy. I'm yeah. going to cut yeah. you off now. <laughs> Bye, Andy. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay, yeah, okay. Now, well, now I've worked out that I can do that. I can get rid of people. I'm really sorry, Justin. I thought that was going to go somewhere and uh, it just disappeared down. They thought the it was going to go somewhere as well. <laughs> yeah, I think you failed. You should have talked about the Frankfurt Sausage. Sorry? <laughs> the Frankfurt Sausage. Okay, I've got literally no idea. Is he speaking English? I don't know. Well, I don't know what he's speaking. The Frankfurt Sausage Boss. Yeah, I know what sausage Interesting, historic, legendary. He's just spoken about that. Okay, well, that that, um, that didn't happen. On the Texas, Adrian, uh, the tweet, sorry, Adrian says, after 27 years in Canada, I find both Kate and Kelly have accents that sound pretty exotic. Blimey. <laughs> Blimey. <laughs> must be hard up. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's what he's, he's hinting at. Now, <laughs> Justin. Yes. So this amazing tweet that uh, everyone thought was a joke yesterday when um, it popped up online. Where is it? Where's my page not on this? I mean, newspapers, just, there it is, page 19. This is a tweet from the FA about the uh, the women's football team who um, who did brilliantly. They, 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 did they come third? Yeah, they the got World to the Cup. semi-finals and they finished third, yes. Okay. They beat Germany. Okay, so uh, and, uh, in, uh, the FA, the FA tweeted, our lionesses go back to being mothers, partners and daughters today, <laughs> but they've taken on another title, heroes. Are you think what? What? I mean, look, in the great scheme of things, you know, we've, some of the calls we've taken today, a load of worse things have happened in the world. Yeah, but yeah, of really, what were they thinking when they sent that tweet? Well, the, the FA's content editor, James Callow, has apologised. He says, you know, it wasn't meant like that. But, hey, it's out there to, to all of their, their Twitter followers. You asked me to take this one to the streets this morning to get people's reaction. Was it sexist? Some people absolutely furious about this tweet. Yeah. Here's what the streets had to say. What do you think about that, madam? No, the rubbish. Nearly swore then, didn't you? Yeah. You're that angry about it? Yeah. I used to play ladies football for Whitbreast Lady years ago and the men used to sneer at us and all that sort of thing but at least, at least the ladies got a medal more than the bleeding men could do and that's all I want to say. Okay, you okay? Yeah, thank you. So you've got your newspaper there, you've read all about this tweet. Is it sexist? I think it is, yeah. It's just a bit... Uh... It's a bit old-fashioned, really, that's that's why. But it's the FA through and through, isn't it? <laughs> I'm meant to be impartial, but they're known for this sort of thing, aren't they? <laughs> maybe, it, maybe it gets a bit of publicity as well. Yeah. But there we go. 
Oh, before you go, did you watch any of the games? Be honest, I didn't know. Can I ask why you didn't watch? I mean, you, you're a man who loves his football. Why didn't you watch the England ladies? Um, and be honest. Well, to be, to be totally honest, it just didn't just didn't stir up enough sort uh, of emotion. Um, that type of thing, really. It wasn't for you. Just basically, wasn't for me. No. Okay. Thanks very much. All right, mate. I think it is sexist. Um, women have got equal rights, the same as men. We don't always go back to being mothers, daughters, and and things like that. It's wound you up, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah it has a bit. Yeah. And the person who's written that, what do you think about that person? It was written by a man, by the way. Uh, what's your thoughts on the person who wrote that tweet? It's male chauvinist pig. Gosh. Exactly. Strong anger. <laughs> Strong, angry words there from the people of Dunstable. I'm now concerned that I'm, I'm going to make a Greg's run and I'm, I'm scared it might all kick off. No, you'll be fine because uh, you've said this morning publicly that uh, this tweet is wrong, which means the ladies of Dunstable will probably love you for that. That, I'm sure. ma- that terrifies me even more than the thought of violence. <laughs> Justin, well done, mate. Good stuff. Speak to you later. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Sata, thank you very much. Um, oh, that caller dropped off, did they? I was going to go to uh, Rob, who wanted to come on the show and. Um, well, oh, then, sh- then Rob bottled it. Hang That's... on a second, he should still be there. Oh, look, Brian sent in a text. Oh, how nice. What a boring programme and presenter from Brian. Oh, how nice. Is that actually his name? Because I can't see all the other... Um... Let's have a look. Let's have a look. He sent in 120 texts during his texting uh, his texting life. The name he uses a lot. Let's just check. Okay. Yeah. Um... It, fair play. It is a boring programme and a boring presenter. I'll give him that. But he writes that every... That was probably morning. the last five minutes when I was on. When no, you were no, yeah. no, he listens every morning, so hey. he obviously enjoys being bored. Well, look, Brian, thanks very much indeed. We, we appreciate your continued um, uh, lack of support. Uh, that's it. That's your lot, guys. Uh, thank you to everyone who took part in the show. Don't forget, you can get the uh, uh, best of podcast by going to iTunes and typing in Ian Lee, and we, we are considering the possibility of putting out a little bonus podcast uh, of uh, various bits and pieces of today's show, just because uh, we all thought that the uh, the chat that we had with Paul Dodds, who was on one of the trains ten years ago, was, um, well, it, it all touched us. So um, we'll see about putting that out as uh, a separate podcast. Right, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Actually, well, on the M1, really slow northbound, 13 to 14, much busier than normal heading up towards Milton Keynes. Just be aware that the M1 in Northamptonshire shuts between junctions 16 and 18, possibly until midday for a surfacing work after an accident late last night. There's a queue from junction 15, long delays also on the diversion route, which is the A5 and also the A428 and the uh, A45. Northbound A5, by the way, into Toaster, long queues this morning. As for the A10, very busy into London this morning, south of the M25, and and as for trains, generally a good service. Just be aware, though, if you are heading into London, uh, delays on the Eurostar to the continent because of problems within the Channel Tunnel this morning. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you, James. Excellent stuff as always. Uh, if you want to send me an email, you're more than welcome to, dear listener. Ian.lee, I-A-I-N.L-E at bbc.co.uk. Thank you to Justin, who's played a blinder. Kelly, thank you. Catherine, have you got time for that chat today? Uh, I'm busy. I'll go on then. Won't take long, will it? Well, 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 you're, you're on the list. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday, it's nine o'clock, and on today's big phone-in, 
Would you like the shops to be open all day on a Sunday? Shops in England and Wales could be allowed to open for longer on Sundays under plans to be unveiled by the Chancellor George Osborne. The proposal expected in Wednesday's budget could give elected mayors and councils powers to relax laws locally if it might boost economic activity. Current laws allow smaller shops to open all day but restrict bigger shops to just six hours. Well, this morning on the big phone-in, I want to hear from you. Would you like the shop to be open all day on a Sunday. Give me a call with your thoughts on 03 